Thank you for joining us. This is season 20, episode four. 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 Don't correct me. I didn't even say anything and he corrected me. I wasn't correcting he you. He did explain He was you. reinforcing you. Such assholes. This is Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, live from Gateway 2017. And I didn't do shit in the last two days. Well, I did do stuff, but no, no role-playing games. But I know a lot of other people did. Yeah? Yeah. Did yeah. we have? Yeah. Anyone, is anyone having fun so far? Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Excellent. All right. Well, hopefully we will get a chance to talk to a lot of you during the course of the show. And uh, let's start with Friday night. Who ran games or Friday afternoon? Who ran Friday afternoon games? Anyone run anything Friday. they want to talk about? Kurt. Come here, Kurt. In the house. Hurry up, hurry up. This is a lifetime. Let's see. All right. Sit down. We'll be folksy here. So who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, I'm one of several Kurtz. You are. That's a grave distinction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Kurt Potts. I ran Star Wars Traveler on Friday at 2. I had three kids in my game. One was mine. One was, I don't know, maybe nine or so. And then the other one was 14 to 12. And they did a great job. It was a a fun game. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 had uh, a couple of... uh, one-liners from that game. You want to remember? Yeah, let me know. Yeah. Go. Um, so uh, last, in February, I uh, got to do a little character creation with Bill uh, for Star Wars Traveler. And I created a Bith Jizz Whaler who's... Uh, and if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the Star Wars lore, the cantina music is referred to as Jizz because thanks, George Lucas. Uh, and... <laughs> And people who play that instrument, the jizz, are called jizz whalers. Yes. So I I made an entertainer who was going to be a jizz whaler. He was going to be somebody. And every every four years, you do a different career. And so I chose a different song title for every four years. Or album album title. Thank you. Uh, My favorite from that character creation was uh, the White Album, While My Jizz Gently Wails. Okay, I think it's only fair to add to this commentary. I was commentary. so drunk. Yes, I know, Jim. <laughs> that Kurt was so drunk. How drunk was he? Uh, the gallon of alcohol that he drank. I blame my um, wife. That's not funny. That's not a good You joke. should. Yes. Um, anyways, so uh, that character is now canon in Star Wars for me. <laughs> Uh, and so when it came time to write my Star Wars Traveler game, I was like, well, this is a core NPC. Uh, his name, his name, of course, is Jizzy Stardust. Um, and his current album was That's No Moon Age Daydream. Um, and, and I don't know if you've heard the live version of Moon Age Daydream from this 1974 album. It sounds like fucking cantina music. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like boop, 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 boop. And then in the Moon Age Daydream. So, done. That was my game right there. And then I had to figure out how to make it last for four hours. <laughs> and be interesting to kids who don't know who uh, anybody from that. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know. So, I, actually, the first thing I did was explain the jizz line. Like, okay, this is what jizz means in this context. It's not dirty. Don't laugh. Uh, huh? 
that always no, 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 no booze. There was no booze. Uh, but yeah, so they were they were sent to Narshada. Uh, oh, all the characters are Ewoks. Right. Uh, and the first time they were like on a forest planet doing some stuff, and they felt very much in their element. And so this time I was like, well, let's let's take them out of their element. Let's put them on Narshada, which is Space Vegas, right. and yeah. see how a bunch of little furballs do. Uh, and so they had to go to a concert and try to get to Jizzy through the concert, and a bunch of hilarity ensued there. Uh, and then they had to go hunt down a young Sith uh, who had been initially trained as a Sith but was on the road to redemption. And they had to go find them before all the bounty hunters did because the bounty hunters guild was having a contest to see who the best bounty hunter was, and that's the random bounty that got picked. So uh, they had to go around Narshada and do sort of an investigation game and talk to people, and that was fun with Ewoks. And everyone kept calling them Teddy because I decided that in this universe, that of course, someone's going to capitalize on their cuteness and sell Teddy Walks. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great game. The kids, were, the kids were really into it. I had one, the nine-year-old, didn't matter what room he entered, I searched the room. Okay, cool. I mean, it's, it's sort of a barren temple, uh, okay, cool. Uh, I searched the room. I was like, well, yeah, we'll roll it. And he'd get us, you know, a failure or something. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of pillars and writing on the walls. Okay, well, what do you do now? Well, I search it again. I didn't find anything. <laughs> uh, so he was really fun. Um, but yeah, every, everybody was super, was super engaged. And, uh, you say I, he's really fun like I do at the end of every day I'm teaching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That, that was his, really fun. His, his mom was I there. And she was. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was super into it. Uh, I actually have one of my players here, so I don't know if he wants to come up oh, and talk. Yeah, come up. Uh, hey, hey, Kurt, right. real quick. Did I hear that one of your one of like a super young kid was a total murder hobo in that game? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so at the beginning when they announced, oh, it's a bounty hunting thing. And it's a contest, a friendly contest. Uh, so. Any murders that you commit are going to reduce your prize money by 25%. So it's like a soft penalty. Like, right. a few are going to happen. But uh, every time he went to shoot, I was like, well, are you going to stun him? And he goes, no, I shoot to kill. <laughs> like, all right, buddy. You get him. So they didn't get any prize money, but I'll let him talk about it. All right. How you doing? Who are you? What do you do to make shamus? Uh, my name's Jeff, and I play role-playing games. Awesome. Uh, this is. I was in the first Accidental Rebels with the Ewoks, and I think I had even more fun this time. I got to play the Jedi this time, um, so I got to do a lot of Je Jedi stuff. But I, you know, having a front row seat to to the nine year old was worth worth the price of admission, I think. And I'm looking forward to number three and being a having you watch you with a straight face explain the role of jizz versus jazz i couldn't i you know i you got through you got through it you know it's a, the oscar material is all i got to say yeah but it was it was a great time you know it flew by um, and i had a great time with star wars traveler yeah i'm looking forward to playing it more awesome thank you very much hey, eric Huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yay, Bill! Uh, and Eric Aldrich is making his way to the front. Do the thing. He's got a large envelope that looks like cash. We're gonna be a little more folksy this time. That way you're good for the camera shot. Versus jazz. Explain to a nine-year-old. Do I have to worry about a lawsuit? No. Mm, no. But he might have to worry about a, a restraining order. Okay. Well, we'll 
Yeah. So, so how's the con going? Going well. I want to say thank you uh, for coming out to Gateway 2017. This is easily the largest gateway we have run. We are already over 2,000 people, and we might be over last year's con already. It's really close. Uh, we have an outside shot of being the largest show we've ever run, which will beat OrcCon of this year. It's close. I'm not promising anything until I crunch the final numbers Monday, but uh, it's really close. So I want to say thank you. Hope you're all having a good time. It's been fun, and so uh, keep it up, and I will see you all later. i got a four-year-old who might interrupt us soon. So, All right. Well, thank you again, Stu. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Do you want to do a, a, a RPG status report? Thing? Do the thing. That's my entire contribution to the show. The guy that got us the boardroom. Nice and close. Yeah, we'll snuggle. Uh, and who are you? Want to do the next famous? My name is Jim Sandoval, and I run uh, the RPG department here at uh, Strategicon Gateway 2017. And I'm assuming from all the smiling faces that I am seeing that everybody's having a great time uh, this year around. Great. Uh, you know, we had 112 unique events uh, scheduled for this weekend, uh, which, which is fantastic. Uh, if you try to walk down that hall, you can see how busy Pathfinder Society is. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Starfinder Society is in, in its, in its uh, first run here. And actually, there have been several premieres for that uh, exclusively at this convention. So it, it's been a really exciting time uh, for Pathfinder and, and, and Starfinder and, and people that enjoy that, uh, that form of organized play. Um, it's, uh, been an amazing con so far, um, and, uh, the outpouring of, uh, of affection, uh, for our, our, our former master of time and space, Tim Keenan, has been fantastic, and, um, uh, I did not expect myself to have as much fun at this convention that, that I have had so far, um, but... I think that this is probably one of the best gamer communities in the world, and I am honored to be a, and privileged to be a part of it. And thank everybody, thank you everybody for showing up and making it what it is. Uh, I just came down from the Saber Legion thing that we're doing over uh, on yeah. in the Pasadena uh, room, and dude, that stuff is freaking amazing. Those guys uh, fighting up over there, uh, and we're going to be having some exhibition stuff going on on Sunday. Uh, for that as well. So if you guys are at all interested in that, there are some really cool like etched custom sabers that they're displaying too and all of their gear and equipment. So I, I highly recommend anybody who's interested in that to go and, and visit that. But uh, RPGs has been going gangbusters. Uh, we had a few cancellations uh, last minute, which was kind of unfortunate. There's been a lot of people that have been having sort of uh, either financial or health problems uh, starting at, at the beginning of this convention, which is disheartening. But uh, we still have plenty of events going on, and I'm hoping that everybody enjoyed every single last one of them. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, anyone else run anything on uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on up. Careful of the wire. Long-time listener. Long-time listener, first-time traveler. Who are yes. you, and what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, my name is Andrew, and I'm famous for a 25,000-word screed on D&D 5th Edition on the forum that no one read, and Reddit got really angry about. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, people are, what name are people going to know you by? Oh, uh, I am Lokio on the forum. There you go. <laughs> Where are you from, Andrew? 
Oh, and I am from Chicago, Illinois. Yes. Uh, and Friday, I ran Bedlam Hall, and it was a blast. It was. If everyone go out and buy it. Yeah. What what kind of what kind of piece of shit system is that? That if, if for those unfamiliar, uh, that is a powered by the apocalypse game that uh, Dave Kazay wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a. I just wanted some crickets. Light horror. <laughs> Light intrigue, murdery, murdery time. Um, as Dave describes it, it's uh, Downton Abbey meets the Adams family. Uh, we got together. We quickly generated player characters, secrets, the house, the cast. We jumped into it, and in an hour and ten minutes, they had already murdered my third act. <laughs> as they do. Um, we. And it was glorious. We we got through it. We improved. We had a one probably the most dramatic finish of any one shot I've ever had, uh, which involved one of the PCs teaching a six year old child to sacrifice him to a goat demon. Um, like you do. And, um, and going with it. And uh, Dave's cook hooking up with a uh, the old uncle. Oh, awesome. uh, uncle I. <laughs> Who was exactly like Steve Martin in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And Dave was playing a 63-year-old, 75-pound cannibal cook. So get that mental image in your head. Uh, I actually have a whole bunch of players here if they want to come up and talk about the game. Do it! Well, there's Dave. I expect all of you to come. Yes. So. (laughs) So... Have a seat, Joey. So this was my first Dave Kazay game without Dave Kazay. And I still had a good time. Which which tells me that he's not stupid. Right. But uh, it was a blast. I had a great time. Uh, it was fun to play a game that I've only played with one GM with somebody else and their take and vision on something. Um, and I love the Apocalypse Engine for one-shots. It is so much fun. It, it's just sit down and have a blast for four hours. And going around the table and each and every person had something to add, which is just great. And that's what I love coming to these for. For sure. So thanks, man. I had a great time. Thanks. Uh, Joey, he's famous because he's a, a tenor in the motherfucking Foxy Boggarts. Yeah. Yeah, Damn straight. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was the first time ever playing any kind of uh, Powered by Apocalypse game. I really didn't know anything going in. I think I was on, when I was on the podcast last, I mentioned I'm mainly based in D&D, D20. Like, that's my wheelhouse. That's where I live. And to do something completely out of my element, to learn a new system, to play a game I'd never heard of before... And to completely fall in love with it. Like, I am, I'm not much of a DM, but I want to DM that game. Like, I'm about that game. That's because you call yourself a DM. Oh. Nice catch. Well done. Well done. That, I, I ain't even mad. I ain't even mad. Um, that, that was like a 20-sided beatdown right what? there. <laughs> oh, and I feel that safe. Um... But no, so thank you for creating an awesome game that got me excited about trying to GM. And uh, no, it was, it was awesome. I'm just going to go back and sit down because apparently I don't know what yeah. I'm talking about. 
But uh, thank, thank you for running. Thank you for creating. It was awesome. Having a great first con. Awesome. Oh, it's your first con. Yeah, awesome. This is my first con. We're glad you're here, even if we're giving you shit about it. We're very happy to see you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Who else wants to say anything about uh, Lokio's game? Come on up. Yep. Watch the cord. Careful of the cord. Watch her dumb cord. Yeah. Uh, uh, gaff tape. Add that to the Gaffer's tape. I'll add that to yep. the list. Who are you wanting to make famous? Uh, hold on to my mic yet. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you, but not yet. I want to make sure you have the right bona fides. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Chris Gray, I'm Mystic Fedora in the forums. You may hold the mic. Thank you, Stu. Thank you. Like now that I have the mic, there's going to be some changes around here. Your mic just went down. Difficulties. I, I, didn't, I didn't run any games on Friday, but I played um, a couple of things that I thought would be interesting to the sure, listeners. Yeah. So the first one was uh, Robert Aducci, who is the uh, admin for Adventure League, mm-hmm. uh, wa- was there. And we had a lottery. I happened to win the lottery, and I sat at his table. And I was just thinking the entire time I was there, it's great the Strategicon is attracting the right Robert Aducci. I mean, he's all over the country, and we get to see him, too. So congratulations to Strategicon for the great guests. There was Ken St. Andre. He was here. Got to talk to him, and it was really great. So congratulations. Yay. But I wanted to talk about Dream Chaser, uh, which is a game that was by Pete Petrusha. Mm -hmm. And it was an amazing experience. And I think that if you haven't touched his work yet, you should check it out. It's very fate-like. And the game was... Uh, completely unpredictable. We, we it, the game works that you you sort of create uh, the setting based upon what the goal of the table is, and everybody brainstorms that. So you get the you get the this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do, and then you kind of vote on what ends up being the setting. Okay. Game of Thrones was going out of season, and is being canceled. I'm the asshole producer. <laughs> This other guy's an actor, right? And, we, and, we, and, and that was the setting. I mean, we didn't know that was going to happen. And, and the entire game was about decisions and choices. And it was Put an amazing the mic by your mouth. Sorry. How's that? Get it in there. All right, I'm here. Uh, but anyway, check out Dream Chaser. Uh, he's here at the con, and it was a great ride. Okay, awesome. Neat. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, Kurt. Actually, hold up. Before we go any further, um, Christopher Gray, by the way. Close to the mic, please. He just recently... Hi. Hey, it's Dave. Um, Christopher Gray just recently came out and has his own game coming out called Happiest Apocalypse on Earth. And so I want to point that out there. And so if you can, if you are on the forums or anything like that, check his book out. It's just really good. Excellent. Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Other Kurt. Have a, have a seat. Yeah. You know, can we start the timer? Yeah. All right, here you go. Go. Hello. So, um, I'm Kurt and I'm, I, I'm famous for getting shit for talking too much. Uh, <laughs> so big surprise. I ran another vampire game, another vampire, the dark ages game on Friday night. Uh, this is actually a continuation of the game that I've run the last couple of cons, February and last September. Um, and I was actually really worried about this one this time. Uh, I was it, it. It kind of felt like it had written itself based off of what happened in February, and then I, twenty four hours or forty eight hours ago, I was like, I don't actually have a good game written. But 
Are you I'm sure committed that's not to just this. the LSD talking? I'm absolutely certain it's not the LSD talking. <laughs> LSD is way more positive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, but I, I committed to run a game. I'll run the damn game. And uh, I showed up, and I had five players signed up, four of whom didn't show up. Um, so, but I wound up having four players anyway, out of, out of five slots. And, uh, it was because of my players, it was so much a better game than I could have possibly, uh, hoped for. Uh, they took a game that I had envisioned in one particular way and they took it a completely different direction, made it so much better than I could have hoped for. And unfortunately, none of them are here right now. Um, but um, but it, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's one right here. I'm bl- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She was only two I apologize. Feet in front I of apologize. Him. I have I male pattern blindness. There was a, an eclipse, and he wanted to watch it. So he has this blind spot like right here. So, I'm sorry. Yes, Anna. Anna was in my game. She's sitting right in front of me, and I can damn. See her. So, so if you would like to talk about it, I would love to hear your take on it. Especially hey, since you played in the game on, in February as well. Hey, Kurt, Kurt, real quick. I'm sorry, Adam. Just gonna, I, I want to ask you a question, Kurt. Okay. So, so if you've been running this continual series for God knows how many times. Three cons. Okay. And it's the same kind of question to Stork and Dave. Do you want to see the same people for continuity? Do you want to see one of the same, one at least one person who's a familiar touchstone to the rest of the story? Or are you... Is your preference to see all new players all the time? I don't care. That doesn't help. No, I mean, I literally, I, I'm, ter- I'm perfectly fine with the same people showing up, some of the same people showing up, all new people. As long as people show up to my game, I'm happy. Which they didn't this time. Correct. Oh. Oh. You're absolutely right. Yeah. No, no, no. Of the people who signed up, only one. That would be you. Oh, Ron. Ron was signed up. Yeah, he. I, I thought he was an alternate. So, but he, yeah, he was signed up. So, but he. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was. It was really uh, like, oh, is this gonna, game even going to happen? And so I tagged my wife to come in to play, and I found somebody in the hallway to play, and it it worked out really good. It, they took it in a much more political direction than I anticipated, but it worked out good. Who are you? Want to do the mix famous? Hi, I'm Anna, and I don't know. I use actually brick oven to cook. That's what makes uh, it famous. Three, min- three minutes and twenty five seconds. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yay! Hoppa. <laughs> so I was in Kurt's vampire game, and um, I played a different character. I played the Malkavian before, and this t- time I played the the what was she? The no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was loud. It was listed as That's it. That's why. I just thought it was the one that, that we didn't play was Lamy. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, we, it picked up right where we had left off in February. And not that it helped me any because I couldn't remember at first what we had done. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he, we killed the werewolf and then we killed the people in the tower and... And I don't understand why they were so against going into the tower. But the rest of the party was like, yeah, let's go back to the hotel. What? How far and how long is it till sunrise? Really? So I was overruled. They went back. 
and then we took over the the prince's castle. Like yeah. yeah, and the guy's like, "Well, but if I'm prince, what should I do?" We're like, "You walk in, like you own it." And he says, "Well, how do I do that? Walk in, like you own it." So we walk in. And he's like, "Well, what do I do? Go sit in the chair." Oh, okay, yeah. And he sits down, and I'm thinking, why did we pick him, let him? But then again, no one else wanted it. Like, Prince? Mm, no, that's like a target on the back, obviously, in this area. So we had a few good one-liners and such come out of that. Uh, the gargoyle that landed was his mistake. Was it, was it 11 successes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something insane. And just head gone. And then three more came in. So they they pissed me off because they punched my horse. The gold yeah. horse. Yeah, they pulled, horse. they pulled the Mongo. The gold Mongo horse. The vampire. That's not a yeah. good hit. And oh, so horse. Now, the horse. The gold <laughs> horse. No, Either way, I'd be angry. Renaissance fair. It's not a horse. So, Anna, Anna, let me yes. ask you a question. Yes. Um... Having played in the game previously, yes. did you specifically seek out a different character in the game, or were, did you, were you still interested in playing your own? I know you, you got a different one this time around. but This one, I actually sought out a different character in other games I've played with him. I've sought out the same character. Okay, what's in the difference? games. Why? Like, what's um, the mindset? In the other ones, it was a different system, and it was a Ventrue. When I played oh. the Ventrue, World War I. Yeah, different setting. Yeah. Different setting. Um, this one was uh, Dark Ages, so okay. it was just the mechanics of certain characters. I wanted to see different ones. I like playing Ventures. Okay. Because I'm a bitch, but so. Okay. Well, whatever works, yo. <laughs> In games, I am, so. Venture for life. <laughs> well, you know, Ventures are, it, if you can't help me, leave. Yeah. If you don't want to leave, we'll get rid of you. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, I'm a Ventrue. <laughs> <laughs> see? See? Exactly. So, but it was a fun game, and... Um, so says the man in a gray suit. <laughs> and again, again, he didn't want to go up to the keep at the end. He's like, oh, it's just soldiers. And the rest of us are going, no, they're not. No, they're not. They're just soldiers. They're humans. Okay, then let's go eat them. No, we shouldn't eat them. Yes, if they're just humans, they think they're just humans. We just said we're in a fight with, with gargoyles. They hurt. Let's go eat him. And it, you could see it going in his head like, well, why are we not going to eat him? And then we went, and he's like, well, I'll just, I'm going to dominate him. <laughs> no. Wall. Wall. He's like, uh, shit. Why can I not? And, and the rest of us just sat there like, yeah, we said they were not human. So. So. All the characters in this game are sixth generation vampires. They're 400 years old at least. And for those who are familiar, if you try to dominate a, gen a vampire who is lower generation than you, it's, you hit a brick wall, essentially. And so this sixth generation Lissandra goes up to try to dominate the head of the column of this troop of invading soldiers. And I said, yeah, it feels like your brain hit a brick wall. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Ouch. So just the three of us looked at him and went, told you, and turned and ran to the keep that he didn't want to go to. So, yeah, and that's where it ended. So if you play 
if you play it again and write a new one for February and someone in here decides to play, you kind of are up to date on what happened. <laughs> are, are you going to run it again, Feb? I don't know yet. Uh, May? Uh, Next September? Next, if I run it again, it'll be February. Okay. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. So for those of you guys out there in land that want to drive in and fly in just to run one of Kurt's games, there you yeah. go. Now you have a chance. Do the thing. There you go. Uh, any other Friday games that happened that anyone wants to? Yeah. <laughs> the West Coast Guru of GURPS. There he is. Who I heard is running. F- Are you still running GURPS? I, uh, surprisingly, yes. Excellent. <laughs> I'm still running GURPS. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just glad that Mook runs GURPS a lot because he doesn't make the rest of us look bad when we play other systems. <laughs> so... Uh, my name is Mook. I run an occasional GURPS game here and there. <laughs> That's what makes me famous. Uh, this con's uh, poison is GURPS Game of Thrones, uh, which worked out perfectly. I didn't realize the finale was going to be the week before the con, so that was perfect. Uh, oh, oh, did they all die? Surprisingly enough, they all made it to the end. Oh, it's not Game of Thrones. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, what are you doing this to me for? What the- so you suck the mic like a dick. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, there you go. The mic has a business end, and it wasn't pointed at your pie hole. <laughs> this part needs to be here. But he has two pie holes. <laughs> I don't know what Mike told you. <laughs> oh, poor I, I'm Mike. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mo. Um, uh, so doing prep for this game uh, really made me uh, realize what I like about Curves, which is like the last three games I did was uh, the Warriors, um, yep, uh, Aliens versus Marines, and Game of Thrones, and so that's why I love Curves because you know if you have these ideas for a game, Warriors fits, uh, Colonial Marines fits, Game of Thrones fits. You don't have to fiddle with anything. You don't have to learn a new system. Uh, if you're if you only play one genre and one system. Probably another game is, is going to do it a little better, but if you like to change it up all the time, like I do, uh, that's, that's why I like GURPS. So, uh, anyway. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Hey, hey Mook, maybe yeah. you should write a book about running, GMing GURPS. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think that might be, might be something to do. Uh, but the, the game began uh, where the novel begins with uh, uh, Ned Stark heading north with his boys to behead some lousy deserter from the wall. Uh, and, and then the story just the diverges. Starks the Starks of Hazard. The Starks of Hazard, right. Well, Uncle Ned and them there Stark boys, they were driving that. <laughs> now I have to change the name of the game. That's fantastic. Uh, but it, it, uh, it diverges from there. Uh, minor spoilers. There's an attack on Winterfell, and they don't know what's going on and who's doing it, and that's where the PCs get involved. Uh, and it was super fun. Uh, everyone played their characters really fantastically, uh, and I got some excellent feedback after the game. Uh, we talked for probably a half hour or so. I've streamlined GURPS a lot because there's a lot there. It's kind of a big cow to eat if you're going to try to eat the whole thing uh, instead of doing uh, bite-sized chunks. Uh, but so one of the players pointed out, you know, I've played a bunch of moot games. You always do these summary sheets. I've never seen a single player use any of the options off of those summary sheets, so why do you keep printing them and bringing them? And I said, well, yeah, I don't know. So I've, clearly I need to streamline just a little bit more and, uh, yeah, and make it even quicker. I use those. 
Well, that's true. Jib does use those. Uh, but you're an old hand at GURPS. That doesn't really count. Uh, but the game was fantastic. Uh, running again tomorrow and Monday, and uh, hopefully it'll be a good time. Awesome. Thank you. Any more Friday night games? Yeah. I, I Just FYI out there in video land, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I just didn't want to ruin anything for the, the MOOC game I'm playing on Monday. Right. So I, I was plugging my ears because it's, it's really the relaxation and peace for my con every time. Right. And now it's the Tome Show. Oh, nice. Thank you, sir. Hey, everybody. Um, so uh, Friday night I ran uh, Dread Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I've done it before, but it yeah. wasn't like a scheduled game. It was kind of like an ad hoc thing. Uh, but, yeah, it was good. We had about five towers fall um, over the course of the time. Lots of good music. Um, and uh, there was a little bit of, um, I mean, one of the players, a couple of people hadn't seen Mad Max of any type, uh, let alone Fury Road. There was a little bit of a tone issue, but we recalibrated, and it worked out. Um, but, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I actually want to know if I can jump into Games on Demand. Yeah. That's, all right. So, um, Today was Games on Demand. We've had, uh, so far, two uh, sessions, the morning and the afternoon session. Um, in the morning, I kind of want to bring this up because uh, Hamish is visiting us, uh, writer of the Sprawl, and he used to come here quite a bit. Um, and I, I did incidentally get to play in uh, one of his Sprawl games, which was awesome. Um, but uh, he was running a Dungeon World game this morning, a scheduled game. He only had one player show up, and so he was kind of not sure, you know, if it was going to run. But I happened to do a little sweep before Games on Demand started and got him to come downstairs, and a family of three just joined his game. One of them was like a, I don't know, 11, 12-year-old girl or something like that. Um, so we had two tables going. That was great. Uh, got to play in Tales. This is the first time I didn't have to GM. There was enough GMs where I got to play in a game there. That was great. Um, that was Tales from the Loop, so that was cool. And uh, in the afternoon, we had three full five, six-player tables running. Um, I was doing a Dungeon World. Uh, there was another table called uh, Dirty Secrets. Um, and there was a third of Hillfolk. Um, and all of it just looked like people were having a blast. So um, cool. anyways, uh, we have. Uh, I'm finally here because... I scheduled the night game as 10, so we'll see if that goes off and who shows. But, you know, I'll be there. So yeah. that's it. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. Word. So, so I'm, I'm going to assume we're done with Friday, Saturday morning games, Saturday 9 a.m. slots. Yes? Yes, Jib. Jib. Get some. Uh, so this morning I ran a game called Well of Souls, which is if the Dresden Files and the Magicians had an illicit love child, it would be this game. Because, um, although I like Dresden Files, I want a little more teeth to it than it sometimes has. And I like the idea of magicians, but I can live without all their whinging. So um, I wanted something a little different. And um, I came up with this idea last con for the first game. And this game built on that. Um, and... If any of I, I know that at least one of the players is here, so if you want to come and talk about it, I would would love that. Well, on a timer, yes. you can talk on a set, timer. Set the timer. Okay, get your ass up here, real quick. What the hell's whinging? <laughs> Are you talking? It's whining. Wait, 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 in wait, 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 wait. Are you talking? Oh, I, yeah. Are you yeah. complaining? Yeah. Not really. I'm asking a question. If you're talking and you're complaining, that's whinging. Oh. I whinge a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We get yeah. folksy here. We get we do get folksy. It's wonderful. Yes, I learned a thing. Uh, so I've, I've I've 
made the concerted effort to play in as many Powered by the Apocalypse games this con as possible. Yeah! This was not one of them. This was not. This was a fate game. <laughs> but I have, He's done. Get the hook. <laughs> you can tell because the Thank dice you. have plus signs and minus signs on one and numbers on the others. Yeah. Or little dots. Yeah. I got it. So what I was gonna what I was gonna say what I was gonna say is I couldn't get into a lot of those because they filled up too fast. Uh, but I was able to get into a jib game, which I always love to do, and uh, I'm starting finally to grok fate. It's cool. taken like five or six tries, but I'm really starting to finally understand it. Other than recognizing what the game is, shut up. <laughs> um. Yeah, now, now I now I have nothing to say. No, Aww. it's oh, Aww. Aww. Hey. good job. Um, Lokio also played in All this right. game. Yay. Did he think? Oh! <laughs> See, I should have said it. I should have said, "Watch the cord," and I forgot that time. Little did you guys know, this was an action-packed episode uh, <laughs> on a very special episode <laughs> of Happy Jacks. <laughs> For th- for those of you at home, the camera just fell down. It was kind of awesome. No, I got it. No, it's okay. I got it. You sit back down. Hit left. If you keep talking, I'll Okay, so this was my second Fate game in five years. Did you know it was Fate? Yes, I was aware. You're one up on Kurt. <laughs> uh, this was also the only game that I was able to get a slot for. Because uh, I was in my car at work, frantically hitting refresh when games went live, signed up for one, and then everything else was full. Um, but it was it was a blast. It was uh, we we all played kids and teens. Didn't at the start we didn't know we were magical. We went on this journey. We built kind of this nook in New York together. Um, all of the characters were well written. All of them were characters I would have loved to play. I got to play the one archetype that I'm always good at play, uh, playing, which is the burned-out hippie man. We, I had the power of love as my aspect, man, and it's going to conquer all. Uh, and it was a blast. And uh, Kurt went ahead and played the nerd, the, <laughs> whose aspect was the D&D champion of the world. When we got magic, he could start turning D and D spells into actual real world spells, uh, and and it was it was a blast. We went through about a third of the way through the game. We f- met the final villain. I'm like, "Are you a dark wizard?" And she's like, "No." I'm like, "Are you evil?" She's like, "No." Are you going to kill us? No. I'm like, "Okay, cool. We all trust you." And then at the end, she betrayed us, and we're all like, what? You lied to us? We asked if you were evil. You're supposed to tell us. If you're a cop, if you're an evil wizard, and somebody asks you, you have to say you're an evil wizard. Otherwise, it's entrapment. <laughs> I think that's actually a druid spell. <laughs> um, but yeah, we... we uh, w- had the most fate ending of we had all of these aspects on the table and Kurt's like, I'm going to tap this and I'm going to tap this and I'm, oh, 20 shifts of damage to the evil wizard. And he's like, okay, well, now there's all this magical energy in the world, in the room because you just blew up magic. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to use the power of love 
and I get ten shifts to kill this maelstrom and set everybody, teach everyone peace, love, and joy. And that was our end. Then we got to have our our uh, little epilogues. Uh, I'm excited. I'm. If you run another game, I would love to play it in it because uh, there will be. Yeah, it, it, there's definitely room for continuation in the story. But yeah, I I still I still have not grokked fate like Kurt has. Um, but it was because yeah, the mechanics all fade into the background. I'm like, I don't understand what what do I spend this fate point on? Um, but no, it it was a blast. I would love to play it again. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'm here next time. Cool. Sweet. Excellent. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Loke. Yeah, Luke was in that game. What's going on with I don't have a lot to add other than it was really fun. Uh, but that chick, the wizard chick, completely duped me. We're all in the room, nah. and we're part of this ritual. What could go wrong, right? Like, I sincerely thought this was just the anointing of the heroes to send us forth to beat the big bad. Just absentmindedly, I said, well, you know, I want to scan the crowd, kind of get a sense of their... And I rolled, made a success. Jib's like, yeah, they're totally evil. She's sucking their souls in for power. It's like, no, she's evil. Get her. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Excellent. Uh, any, uh, any more 9, 9 a.m. games on? Yeah. So I actually played in a Friday night game. Oh, well, then come over here and get on the mic. Get some. Less talky, Kurt. Okay. Go. Yeah, less talky, Kurt. Uh, watch me talk more than talky, Kurt. <laughs> Have cur- you been giving him alcohol? Out of curiosity, set the timer. Okay. I'm just want to say. No, this one's going to be short because I, I, I was not the. I didn't run the show, but there. Everyone, I think a lot of the people that were in that game are here. Uh, so Dave Kazay's uh, punk rock villains was Friday night at oh, 8 p.m. Uh, and this was the first time I got to play with Dave Kazay as the GM. And I have to fucking say, this is the hardest working GM at Game GameX or whatever the, yeah. wherever the fuck I've ever been. The hardest working GM I've ever seen. He is up around the table. At one point, I almost wondered if I should be getting up and like carrying him around because I was going to grapple someone and he just jumped in my lap. Like it was, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I feel forever changed. Uh, but no, no, I want, I want other people to talk about it. The same way he said about the nine year old being like a wonderful job. I don't, it was a wonderful experience. No, I don't think I said that. I don't, I don't no. think that's the same. No. But <laughs> the only, the only takeaway I had was, uh, was that I, every, every scene, so I was playing polyamorous. The, uh, <laughs> For for lust and love, right? When you can't find love, lust will do. But uh, what was your I, character name? Polyamorous. There you go. Yes, it was it was amazing. Uh, no, uh, I ended every scene topless, and it it totally fit the narrative. It wasn't forced at all. It wasn't. Almost. It was totally narr- it, was, it just made sense that I would end topless. Like, gosh, it's hot in here. We should take off our shirts. Right? That, that no, 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 no. Like, Oh no, the building's on fire. Uh, no, I, I think I had to punch out a window, so I ripped off my shirt, and then I and then I kept taking other shirts, and those would get ripped off. Like I, we killed a monkey. Like we we shot a monkey. I, excuse me. And I, I well, I didn't the shoot the monkey. Somebody he killed the monkey. Uh, and, and then I took its little sailor suit and fashioned a shirt from that. But then when I had to to go ham on some robots or something. Oh, no, yeah, I punched him. 
He'll be here in a second to talk about getting punched. But no, my shirt ripped off again. And every time, it just, I, I had band aids. That was in my, so I used band aids to bandage up my shirt, but the pasties would fly right off. It, I had band aids, tattered clothes, and poetry on scraps of paper. So, but it was, it was a good time. I, I cannot stress enough if you get a chance, play with Dave Kazay. Excellent. All right, thank you. What was his time? Uh, he was. Oh, sorry. Right. Uh, two minutes and fifteen seconds. Yeah. Oh, Still oh. less than you. Fifteen second difference. Well, no, in a minute and fifteen seconds. So I also forgot that I was in this game, uh, and I, I only have two things to add. It was one, well, three things. It was a fantastic game. Dave is a great GM. Everyone knows that. Uh, two, the most murder hoboy game I've ever played. <laughs> we went to five locations. Four of them burned down. Three of them were our fault. <laughs> Uh, and I just had to share. I wrote a bunch of quotes on my character sheet, and then Dave took them. <laughs> but the one quote I that will forever be burned into my memory was from the final scene with a security guard nuzzled into polyamorous's bosoms, and the line was, "Yes, a chimpanzee just shit on my tits." <laughs> I really want to be in a Dave Kazay game now. So, so every convention, I sit there going, I really want to, you know, I really want to be as good as Mook. And I sit there going, I, I really want to have something where people go, I really feel like I've learned something and I've like developed. And somewhere between that moment and when the chimpanzee shits on his tits, I sit there going, where did I go wrong? As a person. As a person. Yeah. I should play wild talents, maybe. You have to play to your strengths, Dave. I just say, you know, do what you know, you know. And, and Mook is like, I'm going to write a game of a Game of Thrones. I'm going to make it very wild, you know. Thing. I'm going to have a character named Polyamorous where, her, you know, her character falls, shirt falls off and a chimp, they kill a monkey and a sailor. You didn't even hear that part. I, I killed a monkey with a sailor's suit on. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I was there, and I God. go, I really should have, like, paid more attention in high school. <laughs> Does your mother love you? Not enough, I think. <laughs> she she tries. She goes, that's nice. <laughs> I, I'm proud of myself because I beat my record. Do tell. Uh, I've played in multiple Dave games, and this is not the first character I've had that just had a gun. Um, so, uh, in just a little under an hour this time, I managed to produce my gun and begin firing it. What was the name of your character? Uh, I was playing El Borracho. (laughs) (laughs) Which may or may not be based on my real life, so... David, you did this to yourself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a thing. But then I ended up shooting at a dude that turned out to be a horrifying robot alien. And then I plugged a chimpanzee <laughs> in a sailor suit. I did. I shot the record guy by accident. That was not on purpose. That was just because I was drunk. Um, IRL or? Oh, yeah. You're right. I forgot. Oh, yeah. The, the record manager. That was on purpose. The morning DJ was Whiskey Day. Yes. <laughs> they can't hear Kurt. there so, is hope for you. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. But it was it was well worth the price of admission. 
There we are. The second. How much did you pay to play in this game? What? How much did you pay to play in this game? Uh, nothing. Well, you said it was worth the price of admission. I was right. just checking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly my point. If this was Gen Con and I had to pay 20 bucks to get a seat, I would have been fuck off. <laughs> there were some games at Gen Con that were 20 bucks a seat. I'm sure. Yeah. Call of Cthulhu. I think at that point, like, any game, it's like, fuck off. Like. Right. <laughs> uh, any other uh, 9 a.m.? Are we, are we up to... Dun, 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 dun. Oh. You got it? Yeah. Oh, wait. It's actually Mr. Chris. Oh, damn it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn it, Bobby. God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> Who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, my name is Chris Cerniak, um, and I am the RPG organizer for Kingdom Con in San Diego. And, and the meetup organizer for RPGs in San Diego. Nice. Um, so I ran uh, the Rocketeers this morning, which is a fate game. It is a world of adventure game. And uh, I keep seeing them release, or uh, Evil Hat release, all these cool settings. And I've never seen one of them actually ran. So I decided to run one of them myself. And it was uh, the Rocketeers, which is basically the three musketeers in space. Uh, so I had two players. Um, I felt like it was a little shaky because uh, I'm not used to having so few players, but the uh, players walked out super excited. Uh, and I always asked, uh, I always ask, uh, if I was to run this game, uh, what could I do better for any game I, went, I would uh, run? And, um, and uh, about the only thing was uh, they wanted more social aspects because what I was expecting was going to be a high adventure game turned into being more of a conspiracy social game. So I was really happy about that. Cool. Awesome. awesome. Hey, hold, hold on. Where, where, when, and when is your convention? Um, Kingdom Con is usually towards the end of April. Um, and uh, this uh, last year we had... Uh, about a thousand people. Nice. Um, it's mostly a miniature board game, card games, but I've been doing role playing games for the last four years, and this is the best year for RPGs that we've ever had, and I'm really looking forward to 2018. What's your What's the website? What's the website, Chris? Uh, KingdomCon.com. <laughs> All right. All right, RPG people out in San Diego, go get them. Yeah. Do Thank do. You. I think we need a road trip. Yeah. Trip, well, yeah, that's right during fair. So no, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with you, Dave. Fair anymore. When I, uh, I think we can a, make that work. That's when I turn into a nerd for seven weekends. <laughs> <laughs> turn into? That was a, that was All right. a joke. Okay, play your music. All right. All right. So here it comes. That's enough. It's ten seconds. That's all, that Dave. Well Blast. under the limit. <laughs> that was well under the limit for music. Uh, so, yeah, 9 o'clock this morning, Rob and I again made a poor choice, uh, and we ran uh, Dallas, the television role-playing game. The, uh, the, uh, the funny part for me was the fact that I, I kind of said this on the podcast or during one of our actual plays a few months ago. And literally two weeks after that, I get a message from a friend of mine, and he goes, Dude, they wrote this whole article in EN World Magazine about Dallas the RPG. And I went, 
You've got to be fucking kidding me. This game looks horrendous. But here's the deal. Rob and I like to find ancient games that are horrendous and play them because they deserve to have their moment in the sun one more time. Because you hate yourself. For those of you who are actually listening to this podcast, not watching it live or anything like that, you need to understand what Rob and Dave are wearing because you, you, you don't understand the splendor and magnificence of what we're seeing here. Go to the Happy Jacks Words Instagram and you will. simply do not do justice. Yeah. Yeah. So, gentlemen, what are you wearing in public? Well... <laughs> This was an advantageous time for this because earlier this summer we were both in a wedding, so we got matching suits. <laughs> uh, so that was perfect. <laughs> and might I add, you two were the cutest couple I've ever yeah, seen. Indeed. <laughs> Aww. All right. We're All taking right. pictures for those of you wondering what the fuck imagery. is happening in the podcast. Uh, so uh, we ran Dallas, the very first RPG that ever featured a license from television or film. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys talked about the suits, but you're not talking about your hats. Oh. Rob's on the hats. Okay. So hats have been our thing ever since our first top secret game. And there are some people in this room, I think, that were... Yeah, Jib was in it. Yep. So, so our top secret game took place at Disney World when it opened. And I had a, call, an, a high school girlfriend that still worked at Disneyland. And a girlfriend that's in high school. Yes, that's what... Yes. And so... A girlfriend from high school, not a <laughs> girlfriend that is still in high school now. Whatever, potato, tomato. Um, and so... No. So, um, so basically, we got hats for all the characters. We got Mickey Mouse ears with all the character names on them. And ever since then, hats have been our deal. Wait. Which, specifically with those Mickey Mouse hats, was a real win because we had this international team. So they were people from all the countries of the world. And we ended up with her having to stitch just outrageous fucking names on Mickey Mouse hats at work. <laughs> and all of her coworkers looking at her like, what? Uh, but yeah. Anyway, that's been our jam. Uh, we did that for that game. We ran uh, original rifts a while back, and we used in-and-out paper hats uh, and stapled different characters on them. Games do need more hats. <laughs> so uh, this time around, it's fairly simple to guess what kind of hats we found for Dallas, the RPG. Uh, all of our players got a mix of either white or black cowboy hats but your hats are neither our hats are not either one because our hats are the spirit of america <laughs> and, and uh, yep you say that america 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 and rob i don't even know where he was but he sent me a text message along with just a bunch of exclamation points that said i found the hats for our game and i went okay and then several seconds later i got the image that had transferred over the internet and i went yes I want more hats like that, and there are stars and stripes forever. Cowboy hats. <laughs> and, and when someone takes a straw-ish cowboy hat and spray paints it with the stars and stripes and then puts a liner in it, it's really fucking hot. <laughs> there are some, some housewives in Lake Havasu who have nothing to wear to the lake this Memorial Day weekend because of you. And they never will. I love this hat. More than I'm comfortable in. 
So, so basically, the I, Jim Sandoval left, um, but I wanted to thank him because because somehow Dallas, the RPG, got the boardroom in the RPG section. So it was a nice stone table with fancy chairs, and we were all by ourselves, and it was ridiculous. Um, as far as the game goes, uh, there wasn't actually much for Dave and I to do. To be honest with you, it's a very PvP-style game. We, we throw some shit out on a table, and we watch people eat each other alive. Um, so, thankfully, thankfully... Sounds just like the show. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. So, so, what I will say is, it's all thanks to the players that we had at the table, right? Because if we had people who were not engaged, or who were fuddy-duddies, or, or anything like that, even one person would have, the whole thing would have come down like a house of cards. But everybody got into it, everybody w- adopted some form in the strata of a Texan accent, some were better than others, um, some were more... Everybody was better than mine. Well, Yeah. Um, I just I noticed your bolo ties actually have your initials. Yeah, we have monogram bolo ties. Yeah, no, we don't fuck around. Dave, David, you're going to have to up your level of commitment now. Dallas rolls deep. It's not called the Big D for no reason. Actually, I don't know why it's called the Big D. I've never figured that out. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so, so at this point, um, there's there's a couple of things that I want that that I that Dave and I messed up on, primarily the rules. But um, <laughs> the uh, the one thing that we we ran a little long, but we didn't get a chance to ask the players what we could have done better, and I, I, that's something I really wanted to. Besides, learn the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Um, that's true. The rules, the rules actually were pretty simplistic. It played much more like a, like a murder mystery kind of thing, um, except there was a lot of PvP. It was basically all PvP. And there were win conditions, so goddammit, you can win at RPGs. I have proof. Um, it, is, it isn't a bad game to play at all. It's way better than Top Secret. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a high bar. Yeah, seriously. It is, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, how misogynistic this thing was. Was um, in, the, in the female characters, yeah. it specifically said, you are a weaker character. Oh. You should band together with all the other women because that's the only way you have a fucking chance. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, dude, it was horrible. <laughs> what, Dave? No. No, okay. <laughs> all right. So at that point, uh, there are a couple people in the room who did play. I'd be interested to hear what your take externally was. You said it was a good game. I think you're lying. Um, but I'm still curious. Come on! From, from a GM perspective, though, All right. I sure had a good time watching everybody fight, and I barely had to do anything. <laughs> That's always the best. Actually, right? this did happen at one point because we were in the dealer's room. We, uh, uh, Mrs. Monkey Fun and I were sitting there, and all of a sudden, uh, Dave comes out in his suit and his hat, and I said, hey, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm doing my shopping, and like, Dude, aren't you? Is your game over? No, they're going on right now. That's not even a joke. One of the phases of every round is just negotiation, and that's all the players get to try and make deals with each other. And really, Rob and I had nothing to do for 15 minutes every little bit. So I went, you know what? I said I was going to go down and buy Spirit of 77. I'm going to do that right now and get done. As you all should. 
Looking back on it, we probably should have learned the rules during those times. Yeah, yeah. That's what they all say. All right. Rodney, who are you and what do you do that makes famous? I'm Rodney Talbert. I'm the man of this magnificent beard. Yes, you are. Yeah. You may hold the mic. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, it was actually a fair... I was playing one of the weaker characters. I was uh, Roy, um, who was the you know farmhand, basically, of the game. Um, fairly shanky game. I mean, you could really get into absolutely, you know, paranoia style, just absolutely get the guy, the other guys. Um, Screw your partners over. Had a great time. Um, It was just one of those games where you're just like, all right, I'm going to make a deal with this guy and then just totally blow it off and shank them. Um, did that a couple times. Um, had a great time with, with Joey. <laughs> Joe. we, wait, wait, wait. I just love from the back of the audience I hear, <laughs> Get up here. Get up here. We had such a good time, like, going back and forth. So. So. Oh, we can't yeah. Hear you. So Joey, really quickly, like Joey, who spoke earlier, is tenor in the Boggers. Blah blah blah. Um, he was actually part of our playtest. So I'm curious as to how it differed between playtest when we were trying to figure out the rules and actual play when we didn't care. Right. I'm the idiot who played the game twice. Um, <laughs> I honestly, it's some of the most fun I've ever had because I I do a lot of acting. That's where my my base is, and it just it's nothing but yes and. And playing accents and playing characters that are already written. You don't have to worry about, you know, storyline and figuring out, you know, who I am. You know who you are. It's right there on the page. Um, I thought it was really interesting with more players. The more players you had, all of a sudden, things were much harder to get. Um, The first time I played, I played Sue Ellen, who is uh, JR's wife and had a very, very uh, 1980s women's misogynistic goal of hiding her shopping debts. Um, <laughs> not a lie. My entire Written goal. In the book. That's not a the joke. First episode. Um, and it was. I got pretty close to winning at some point during that game. Then we cut it a little short because there were only four players. So you know the resources were much more easier to get a hold of. This time we had almost a full game, and it was trying to figure out okay who has what, where is everything. I was also playing a much weaker character. Still another uh, another girl. Um, I was playing Lucy, who was the teenage daughter. Who, well, the rules say, yes, women, team up. You need to stick together. Girl, you know, girl power. Lucy is the one girl who is not that. She is aligned with the men. And the minute the women found out that I was not aligned with them, they turned on me. <laughs> In one round, I had almost everything I needed to win. That next round, I had nothing. It was awful, but so much fun. Like, I would... if uh, my, my one suggestion is... Take a look at the rules. The bones of the game are not terrible. Homebrew the shit out of it. Because there is a really fun, crazy game in there that I think could be a really good game if someone took the time and patience and care to actually make it. So go for it. Um, the chat room's asking, uh, Team Banana 71 in the chat room saying, who played Kristen Shepard? I had a major crush on Mary Crosby back in the day. She wasn't a fucking character. No. No, not this is 1980 Dallas, oh. which was only two years into the 15-year run on television that <laughs> Dallas had. 
So by the time that you probably encountered her, that was way after we stopped watching to prep for this game. So sorry. <laughs> well, and it's it's interesting for those of you guys that are too young for Dallas. Um, it yeah, I know most of the yeah, people everybody. in the world. Um, the first Bunch episode. Are you guys old enough to actually be here listening to the show? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you done? Yeah. No. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> and you're short too. Um, the the opening episode of Dallas in 1978 starts off with, with statutory rape. Yeah, it's it's absolutely the worst thing I've ever seen where a 30-year-old man is having consensual sex with a 16-year-old woman. And that 16-year-old woman was the guy that was the person Joey played. Hi. So, it worked out well. Fantastic. And and <laughs> But wait, it takes place and, it takes place in Texas, right? And Rodney right. was the uh playing the character that was doing the the statutory raping. Oh yeah. There we go. <laughs> in that episode. Yeah. We yeah. were actually teamed up together. Okay, he was okay my, but uh, my to be fair to the 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 writers of Dallas What's the age of consent in Texas? Like 12? I don't know. <laughs> Depends on whether it's your cousin or not. But it was. Hold up a super, second. Wait, super funny Dallas t- trivia tidbit. Later on, they introduced the fact that Ray Krebs, the guy that was the farmhand for years, is actually part of the family. Oh, yeah. And then they just kind of shine on the fact that he was sleeping with the granddaughter that is totally his blood relative in the first season. No, no, hold well, you know, it's just... It's it was a thing. George R. R. Martin. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, hold up a second. So, for the Punk Rock Villains game when we, uh, that we played on Friday night, uh, Joey actually was part of it, too. And what was the name of your character? Uh, Babyface. <laughs> and yeah. what was Babyface? Uh, she was a, a sweet uh, socialite girl who uh, decided that she wanted to rebel against her parents. And, and how old uh, was she? About 16. What's up with you, Eat man? It's a jam. It's a jam. Right. Right. And yeah, in the Dallas game, she was technically 18. Because uh, in his heart of hearts, Joey's a 16 year old girl. As a gay nerd, we play the female characters. It's what we do fighting no, games, no, 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 no. role playing games. 16 year old I'm going to blanket statement. Every gay man wants to be a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you don't want to be prom queen. Rob, uh, he's got a point. I, yeah. I, I don't think he's wrong. I, I know. So as, as one of the weaker characters, you know, both of us were, were the, basically the weakest characters. Uh, it was very difficult in the, in the game to actually get and keep the pieces that you needed to win the game. Um, I actually messed up. I should have actually handed off more of my characters over to basically Jacques. But um, the problem was is that she, that Lucy needed those characters for me to hold them. Um, so it, that's that's one of the, the, the lose conditions uh, where I was trying to hold on to as much so that both of us could could actually win the game because we were we were both tied together. So it was actually fun, and like I said, it was it was the it was the difficulty of of overcoming the the big power players that that was the the minor problem of that. We just had to figure out the big power. The big power yes, it was the the big yeah, names. Sue Ellen's not here, so yeah. what we were talking about. Well, yeah. she she in hiding everything was uh, controlling. The conversation's off mic. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't hear. So, anyway, we can get some. 
So I played actually the uh, patriarch uh, Jacques, and we managed to we managed to get uh, Jr. indicted. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he lost the oil company, and he lost the the, the office interior, grant. and the the piece of paper, because. Whoever, what's his name was playing it, was very good at trying to manipulate everyone into giving him everything and using up whatever power they had, trying to hold on to it, that you couldn't help whoever else he was going after. So we managed, though, between, um, well, even with you, with, as Lucy, you used up a bunch of his power trying to get some, the, the, F, not the FBI, the Texas, goddamn Texas Rangers. Fucking Rangers. <laughs> Everyone wanted the Rangers, you know, the baseball team. Because <laughs> they all like Chuck baseball. Norris, the baseball player. <laughs> so, so we managed to get him indicted, and we indicted him, I think, on trying to kill... Bribe a Justice Department Bribe the Justice, but we also kind of tagged on trying to Kill his father. That was how I got the sure. Department yeah. of Interior yeah. back. And uh, he was holding a piece of paper that would have, uh, we would have lost everything. The family would have lost the oil company, the, the uh, land, everything was on. And he was holding on to it. And, and uh, dad went, mm, no, I want the Department of the Interior. And he made the mistake of saying, I don't have it. The Department of Interior has that piece of paper. And he didn't realize, I don't know if he realized he said it out loud. So when I took the Department of Interior, I'm like, no, I want that paper too. And he's like, no. I said, you said they have it. Hand it over. And he failed his luck roll. That's so. One of the interesting mechanics from the game is no matter how well someone else plays and does an, uh, achieve something, every time that happens, the other player gets a luck roll to just be like, nope. Not today. And damn it, Jr. was a lucky bastard in the and beginning. As he should have been. Yes. Jr. is in fact a lucky rat bastard. Um, but yeah. Until Bobby decided. Until Bobby decided he was uh, incompetent to run the company. But at the very end, despite the gender imbalance of the, the way the game is written, Sue Ellen. The wife of uh, Jr. ended up with the most points and won the game, uh, followed very, very closely by Pamela, who was in second place. So the two wives defeated all of the famous men of Dallas. And what's that? It was good. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. That's to be perfectly honest. That's all we give a shit about. And exposing shitty. Games to yeah. the masses. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll find more. Oh Lord, I already have the next one. Uh, what is it? So, uh, if you say Bedlam Hall, I'm kicking you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We found a shittier one. Spirit of '77. <laughs> Why? No. So, so. Uh, I will put right now Gateway 2045. We're going to sit down and be like, let's bring back a shitty game from the past. Let's play Bedlam Hall. Yeah. 
I and we'll play it with so a bunch bad. of teenagers, and we'll be eighty, and it'll be awesome. <laughs> so, what are you running at Orcon twenty eighteen? Well, so TBD, but um, we still have to look it up. But I had a friend of mine who went to Gen Con, and because <laughs> we went, and we're not your friend, though. right? That's correct. Yeah, no, no, no. Somebody I like. Um, so, so well, it's a guy at work, but he's still higher on the scale. The um, so anyway, the but he went through the museum at the Lucas Oil area, and he had a tour guide. And one of the tour guides said that like a couple of these historians really gushed over the 1980s comedy Ghostbusters. There's a, there was a there was a oh, 1980s game, Ghostbusters yeah. game that was that was made. Yeah, okay, so you're not in. Um, um, so but basically like. It was made as a comedy game, and it apparently was one of the first games to utilize dice pools, from what I understand. So Dave and I are going to see if we can do that as a potential. Um, if not, then I, there's other shit out there that well, we can. For me, one of the best things about buying this Dallas RPG is the fact that I went on eBay and I find a sealed copy from 1980 that I purchased that was then shipped to me from Fort Worth. So I felt that that was legit. <laughs> Uh, so I opened the box, and it's a game that requires a lot of 2d6 rolls, and they give you 1d6 inside. <laughs> but on top of that, it came with a, here's a list of other games we're making, including one that, that I really want to look up and see how it works, because it's called The Creature That Ate Sheboygan. <laughs> From Star Trek. And the Creature That Ate Sheboygan 3? What? The, the Star Trek episode? The original Star Trek series? Wasn't that what it was called? What was that episode was called? More excited than I thought. <laughs> no, sir. There's an original series Star Trek. Isn't it the, the creature that ate Sheboygan three or something like that? He is looking I... for justification and not finding shit. Everybody just pull out their phones to Google it, though. I know. It, I know it was a Starfleet battle scenario. Maybe it was. I don't know, but yeah. I don't know of an original Star. I'm fairly well versed in Star Trek, but the, the cornucopia, machine? the giant the space cornucopia. That was the Doomsday Machine. Oh, right. Doomsday Machine. What am I thinking of then? New Jersey? The Salt Vampire? No. The M113 creature is its actual name? No. Yeah. Uh, the Horta? You look it up. That's Devil in the Dark. No, uh, that's not Devil, Devil in the Dark. Team Bananas. Devil in the Dark. No, Team Bananas. Uh, for you, buddy. <laughs> Team Banana 71 in the chat room says, though, uh, that you should do Smells Like Teen Spirit of 77, the grunge RPG. Oh! That's good. I'd, I'd, I'd consider playing one of your games for that. No. <laughs> I've still got a flannel. <laughs> I've never left the 90s. <laughs> the, the Creature yeah. of the Asian Boykins on eBay? It's happening at some point. But yeah, I'm into the Ghostbusters thing because we actually know a guy that could probably loan us outfits. So I'm excited. <laughs> That's our jam. Yeah. Uh, okay, the, oh, R- yeah. the RPG was released by SPI, Simulation Pro- uh, Publications Incorporated. Yes. Which means it's probably not a bad game because they've made a lot of good shit. That's who made Dallas. made Dallas. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. SPI made Dallas? <laughs> yes. yes. Well, so your theory well, never mind. proven. <laughs> what I'm saying well, is invalid. It really made me laugh there. A fabulous game where one gets to wreak havoc with the monster of your choice. Or, yeah, that's the. There's a Starfleet battle scenario at least. Maybe. And they use the little the little icon of the of the the cornucopia. Ah. The doomsday, the doomsday machine. 
which they said was actually created in order to combat the Borg. Oh. That is the backstory of the Doomsday Machine. You are right. Get it. Look at that. Go get it. This motherfucker over here looks like he's all in shape and cool, but he's totally a nerd like the rest of us, everybody. Just so you know. Amazon, Go get it's it. happening. Go get it, Dave. Go get it. Get some. Anyway, we're done talking about Dallas. All right. Thank Woo! you. Thank you for those that played. Yes. Any, any Thanks for humoring our penchant for terrible gaming. <laughs> Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. You go first. Me? Yeah. Did you run one? No, I, I played in the game, but the, okay. the GM is not here. Yeah, Duke okay. goes first. All right. Um, surprisingly enough, I ran another Fate game. Oh. <laughs> was it um, powered by the apocalypse? No. Uh, this game was called Weekend at Death Island, and. Uh, the basic setup is four college kids go off to Daytona for spring break and wake up on a deserted beach they know not where. And shenanigans ensue. And uh, Kimmy happened to be walking in as I was getting ready to start the game. And uh, the two guys who had pre-regged to play the game didn't show up. But I did have two guys there, so we ended up with three players. And... Um, uh, shenanigans ensued. Uh, so go ahead and, and tell us what you think of it, Kimmy. Um, it was super fun. Um, I've only played Fate a couple times in one shots, so it's not a systems I've, system I've mastered a lot, but I really like it. Kind of has the same um, kind of a free, like you can ha- you can try whatever you want. You're not going to succeed necessarily, but you're able. What are you doing? Oh God! <laughs> All right. Um, you have to anyway. do this while she's talking about my game? <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, you're able to try anything, which is really game. fun. Um, it was interesting because usually when you play uh, an RPG, you're, there's something super cool and unique about you. But our players for this game, we were just college kids, which is really a neat way to approach a game where you had a lot of problem solving to do. Like you're stranded on an island and there's a crazy murdering psychopath and leopards and a bunch of shit trying to kill you everywhere um so my insta life character was not prepared for that and uh <laughs> insta life but someone who lives their life on instagram i was a college no, no, kid no, no. we were questioning leper or leopard, leopard. leopard. Like leopard. leopard. as in a large yeah, cat a large, we we're on a tropical island so there was a huge amount assortment of wild animals that were trying to murder us so you as, weren't on the tiny island near molokai no. no, that's a leper island. Yeah. Um, your character was living on Instagram and just a pure social media. Yeah, like I was the social butterfly. So is how is how is that role playing? Shut up. Okay. <laughs> uh, I originally picked the the bro character, but that also didn't seem like role playing to me. So, because um, <laughs> do you even lift? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but. Um, I picked, ended up picking that character. We ended up switching out because that character had more direct ties to the other two characters that the, the other two gentlemen had picked. So I, was, I ended up being the girlfriend of one and the best friend of the other. So that was a little bit of a better mix. And for a game like that, that really, really ba- is based on connections between the characters, especially because we're all just college kids, um, I think it made for a much more interesting game that way with that character. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was really neat to just be like, okay... I'm a college kid. 
what would I do? How do I do this? And she was a super big Hunger Games fan, so she started, like, really excelling at, I know how to do. Oh, no, we better not go there. That might be a trap. Because sometimes they do something where it looks like it's going to be, like, healthy for you and help you, and then you die. So it was, uh, it was uh, helpful that I... Did that I... actually happen in the game? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it totally did. <laughs> it was pretty much like the Hunger Games on this island. But it was really fun, and... um the two guys we played with did a really great job, job with their characters. So it was interesting. I've never been in a con game with just three players, but it actually made for a very, like, we were all involved the whole time. There was no sitting around waiting, which was really fun. And I, I thought it went really well, and Jib did a great job. Thank you. So what was one thing, Jib, you could have done better with that game? Uh, well, they actually ended up finishing in three hours. So, um, I had designed the game for four characters, and we only had three, and I think that helped it go faster. But one of the things that made it go faster was that they were just really on point. There, there wasn't any waffling around or um, you know confusion. They were just very, very on point about. Uh, oh, we woke up on an on a beach on an island last night. We were at a party. Um, okay, we have to get the fuck off this island. And uh, they were pretty much r- on point right then. So did that, Did that knowing the time change and, you know, you're preferring four hours, did you have a, um, a temptation to toss more at I that did. filler? Um, I did actually have that temptation, but I realized that they'd actually solved the problem of the game. And dragging it out really would have just been filler to make to fill up time, and it wouldn't have contributed anything to the game. So I, I decided we they go ahead. that they had solved the problem. So let's go ahead and wind it up. You know, they got we we got a good three hours. We got a good solid three hours. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask Kimmy: Was there any moment where you felt actual fear? When yeah. Uh uh, I don't, yeah, I'll say it because we were. I'm hoping maybe this game will run as a one shot on the stream eventually. But at one point, there like a voice had told us at the beginning, okay, there's a boat. You know, there's all these different groups of us who are at this party. We don't know how many other people are on the island out of our group of three, um, uh, besides our group of three. So you know, there's a voice that comes over some hidden loudspeaker system saying, "There's a boat that will fit two people on it to get off this island." So we're all like all of all of the groups of us are racing to this one location to tr- try and figure out first where the boat is, how do we get on it? So we were not the first group. We we got to the dock and we were watching another group like they were already way out, so we wouldn't be able to do that. And then their boat blows up, and we're like, oh, 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 I, maybe we die in this game. Okay, this is a happy con game. Okay, cool, yay. <laughs> Yay, this is fun. And then there ended up being another solution, which I'm not going to say what it is. But, I, was, um, I was actually thinking about the moment when you realized that the guy that you guys had clubbed on the head earlier was yeah. actually standing behind you. Yeah, that was... And you were alone. Yeah, that was very scary, too, because um, my, my best friend and my boyfriend were, like, across this river because I'd managed to get across it, but then, like, our the, the bridge thing that we'd rigged had, like, fallen out. So um, we'd clubbed this awful, like really violent redneck guy who had tried to attack us earlier in the game. Was he wearing a hat like this? He was. No, he was not. But um, in my head now he is. But (laughs) he was, like, super menacing, and he was, like, physically threatening, and, 
Like there was like a little bit of a rapey vibe from him for me. And I was like, okay. So at one point they're on the other side and they're going to swim across this lagoon to me. And we we defeated him, but we didn't want to like murder him because we weren't quite that game or that Game of Thronesy or Hunger Gamesy. Um, so we tied him up, and while they're swimming across the channel towards me, like I don't see it, but the other characters see that he sta- he walks out of the jungle right behind me. And it was kind of one of those moments. Where I was like, oh fuck, because my character was not fighty at all. Like I was really good at talking other groups into things and stuff like that. But so that was a that was an exciting thing. <laughs> just out of curiosity just, just kind of like a, a quick poll if you were in a game that was supposed to be four hours and it got finished in three hours would you feel gypped anyone no as long yeah. as it was good I it, if actually, it was shit then yeah like i could I, I could actually tell we were making progress and I, we were feeling really good about it it was a really positive feel i i feel and i was kind of waiting i was like to see what jib would do because i played with jib a lot and he's a great gm so i was like is he gonna try and pat it because i was actually gonna be a little annoyed if he tried to pat it and then he didn't because i think i would have like we were like we knew we were doing well like, we were doing great. We'd come up with all these solutions. Every single one of us had had strengths that we were utilizing at some point. And I think we would have been, um, I, I think, I, at least I, I don't know if they were so aware of it. I know Jib's GMing style really well, so maybe I was the only one who was like, I think we're, I think we're getting cl- close to the end of this. Um, I think I, I would have been annoyed. I would have been like, okay, I'm fine. I'm happy about this. I've been like, Jib, WTF, later. But <laughs> but I, I loved it. I, th- I felt it wrapped up at a perfect point. The characters were really well balanced and we utilized and needed every single one of the characters, especially the fact that we had three characters when you were planning and having four. I thought we d- it was really great. It was fun. Yep. They also managed to rescue one of the other groups. Yeah. Out of the uh, 16 people that were kidnapped and taken to this island for this uh, blood sport, um, they managed to rescue all but one member of another of another entire group yeah we killed the other guy because he like went up behind me so he deserves that he he was a rapey bastard anyway so (laughs) and also if you're ever uh, stranded on an island and you come up on people take their belts with you just because they become great weapons and tools later on yeah I didn't. It, that's uh, right. Survival yeah. tip. Yeah, well, survival me. tip. Actually, one of my one of my favorite things was that um, when they get onto this things? island, I asked Kimmy. I said, "So, what kind of shoes are you wearing?" Mm-hmm. And she was like, um, uh, "Totally inappropriate." Yeah, we're um, going to a party yeah. in, in Florida. And, and then the first thing she does when they find a group of people who are have been murdered by this other group. Uh, She's like, are any of them wearing shoes that would fit me? And she steals a pair of hiking boots from yeah. a dead girl. Yeah. So, If you learn nothing else from cosplay, it's that the minute you get a chance to switch to good shoes, do it. <laughs> and regardless of the system, loot the bodies. Loot the bodies. <laughs> I'm, I'm envisioning wholly inappropriate shoes to be like high heels that had little baby doll arms flipping the bird <laughs> on the front. <laughs> Like, I go, might make those goldfish. now that you mentioned right. Goldfish. No, those are always appropriate. Uh, uh, goldfish ones are always appropriate. Oh, yeah. You can always win with that. But just just little 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 scary baby doll hands like... <laughs> I, <laughs> I was so walking good. around with them inspired by their vampire game, though, like they were weapons. Right. After, oh, after yeah. I got regular boots. Like, stilettos, man. Oh, yeah. Keep them on hand. Yeah. There, any other uh, Saturday afternoon games? Stork and Do you want to come up, Stork? Get up here, Stork. You want to... Do the thing. Grace is with your all. presence? Yeah, 
He can yeah. be he can be folksy. Come get folksy with me. Stork's not folksy. They're so cute. Stork is clearly. You guys have you the guys have this second. I'm your friend. Oh. All right, and and you don't have very many, so don't piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just gone. gonna say now though, you guys are the second cutest couple on the stage right now. <laughs> I know. Uh, next to those two, yeah. I know who can, who can compete. <laughs> I mean, it, it really does look like uh, smoking the bandit up there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. That was the first no, thing that Rob said. Right. Yeah. Like, I got the text message that was like, okay, if we're going to wear the same suit, we're going to look like this. And then it was a couple of seconds later that I got the image that he sent, and it was totally big and little lean. Rob looks like Paul Williams. It was so yeah. good. <laughs> I'll take it. So, uh... As always, uh, Dave and I get in these long conversations in Stu's backyard after we've had too much to drink, or maybe that's, just enough that's to how drink. We write every game, and and I, like, I and why I, but, are you outside my house? <laughs> <laughs> no, we just show up and. You what you're learning is Dave is a victim. But I, I, I've always had this thought about having a group of bards because bards have been maligned and 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 picked on most of their bardic career. Right? They've, nobody ever takes a bard seriously. So I thought to myself, self. What if we do a game where bards are actually effectual and really cool? So I was like, well, what are bards? Bards are bards are like, bards can be con men, bard you know, like a used car salesman, or or they could be. They're all social skills, so they're like spies. And, I, and it clicked. I went, oh, Mission Impossible. What if I construct a game around uh, using the whole structure of Mission Impossible, not the shitty Tom Cruise movies, but the original yeah. television show where they where they're like you know, they, they go in and out. And they go in and out, and nobody ever knows they're there until it's too late. They're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, and that's exactly what bards are. They're these social people that come in, they, they blend in, they have masks, they, they fuck you up, and then they're gone. And before you know it, you're like, what, what, how did we lose all of our gold? Yeah, right, right? So that's, the whole, that's why Mission Bardable was born. <laughs> so we set up <laughs> a whole set of bards, uh, and again, Dave did all the heavy lifting because uh, this current job that I'm working, I, is, there was there was up until Friday, I wasn't sure I was going to be even be able to make it. So I gave him a bunch of ideas and said, "Here's all my stuff, just in case I can't make it." So Dave can tell you how he got into the construction of it, and then we can bring up some of the players if there's anybody out there still uh, awake. So see what they said. I will be the first guy to say that it is really hard to make six bards that are distinct from each other for one game. Uh, but I worked hard at it, and thankfully the internet is helpful, uh, and it led me to finding uh, a way to kind of try and make six different... Luckily, and here's something I will praise uh, D&D 5th Edition for, is the background bit. Uh, so just having that little extra bit of character flavor really helps uh, for being able to differentiate somebody that essentially could be the same. So between picking spells and the backgrounds, it wasn't that terrible to try and come up with six different bards. Um, the real key for Stork and I was we wanted to come up with a game in D&D with no combat. Yeah, yeah, it's all social. It and, and, was, but that's just what the what? original television Bards show was. are not about knocking down the door and trying to kick some ass. That's not their deal. When we run Mission in Barbarian, that's different. <laughs> uh, but, but for now, this was trying to plan a cool, fun encounter for everybody that was not about trying to kill people. Uh, it was... You have a very specific set of goals, and they're not about murdering. 
um, which came off really well. I was very happy with that. We made it through four hours of game with no combat, and only at the very end was one character who had set himself on a path got a little bit fighty. Uh, and that was right at the very end, and we were both like, all right, you can just have a couple of... Just, just punch him. It's fine. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> um, and, and, but, to be, and to be fair, the, the 5e rules actually have all of these different... I mean, there's some Masters of Disguise in there. There's uh, all of these persuasion skills. So it really lined up. I actually went through and looked at all the archetypes from the original television show. And there's like the femme fatale. There's uh, the Barney character that used to make all these gizmos. There's the, uh, the Paris character that Leonard Nimoy used to play, which would all the... Yeah, a man of a thousand faces. And I, I sent this list to Dave, and Dave's like, these are all here. We can do this. I love it. Nice. So anyway, yeah. What level were the characters? Oh, well. Yeah. Twelve. Oh. Wow. Really? Yeah, that's high. Because well, I sat down when I was starting to think about making the characters, and I said to myself, if they're going to be an elite team of bards that are dispatched on super top secret missions, they're not going to be level one. Because that's stupid. <laughs> like... All right. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to fight three kobolds and try and live. <laughs> like, that's not cool. Those kobolds might have spears. Right. Well, all right. Then they're not going to win. <laughs> so, but, uh, so it was really, it came down to Stork sat down and plotted out, like, here's a list of old Mission Impossible actual plots. And I said, this one. This is perfect, and I guess I shouldn't give away too much in case we run it for the stream. The chat room is actually talking about that right now. They really want to see. They're talking about all the games. They'd love to see all the the one shots right. on, on stream. But, <laughs> well, no, but no, specifically what? right now, they're, they 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 want to see the Bard game, and they're uh, they're like now playing uh, playing on Broadway. Bye bye Bardy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, any of the players out there want to come and talk about it, Joey or or? Yeah, he's just going to do it. Can make him. Make him do it. Yeah. No, pro tip. If you want to get on the podcast, just follow Dave around the entire con. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. No joke. I've been in every That's game Dave's either made. run or, uh, or played in. in. Yeah. So, and I'm in the one tomorrow, too. Which Dave? Oh. It's Dave or the... Oh, C.A. Dave. Okay. The popular Dave. Kadave. <laughs> His name is Kadave. The, oh, the Dave sorry. that doesn't actually make any money off of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I loom large, as they say. <laughs> it's a Dave Clips. I'm sorry you were eclipsed by yes. the other Dave. Get your shitty glasses from Amazon. It's happening. Um, but no, so I, I first heard about the, the idea for the game when I was playtesting the, the Dallas game. And in my normal D&D group, I am the bard. I am the face character. I am the... I want to, I want to diplomacy... I want to persuade people to death. That's the plan. Usually another player gets bored and shoots someone, but usually that's my plan. So when I found out it was an entire party of bards, I got so excited. I could not handle my excitement. It was the one game I was like, I have to play this game, this con. Um, I picked one of the characters at random, and it happened to be the bardiest bard who ever barded. It was... It was the bard of a party of bards. Um, it was all persuasion. All of my spells were all social utility spells. And I think looking back on it, the only spell I cast was friends. Yep. I think it has one message. 
I cast, yeah, oh, I was friends with everybody. But um, it was, I had all these other spells that I could have done that, like, I had polymorph. I had all these other things that could be utility in other cases. But all I needed was friends. And it was just a little boost to my charisma to get a little, you know, over that hump. And it was, it was awesome. It was great to see the bards get the, you know, the accolades they really kind of deserve. And I'm saying that with a straight face, or as straight as I can do. So... <laughs> All right, I'm going to pass the mic now. <laughs> All right, this is Jeff again. Um, I am thankful that Joey was in this game because <laughs> I, I am not the strongest role player when it comes to bards. And we got to the part where we're in the bar and we were doing a performance to, you know, because we're going to try to sneak in. We wanted kind of to build our cred a little bit. And so Joey says, well, I, you know, I'm going to, I want to do this poem to kind of talk about how we came to this town kind of thing. And Stork goes, okay, Joey, what does that go like? And I probably would have wet myself if I was in Joey's, you know, probably. Say, because in Joey, he, he actually did a poem right off the top of his head that he improved. Um, and I'm just so thankful. But we had a wonderful time. You know, I really didn't think about the title and thinking, hey, there's not going to be any combat. I, looked, I had a stack of beautiful spell cards that you guys did off a of work pub. Might have been 30 spells on there. I think I had two combat spells. And now I think about it, I was like, well, that might have been a hint <laughs> of what we were about to go through. But I think, you know, this is the first game where I played 5e without a combat. And I had a great time. And that's, you guys designed a great game. Cheers. So, so I, I, had, I, had, I had a wonderful time. A wonderful time. It's alive. <laughs> Good. I'm glad because you actually had a, a character. Uh, the way the game went, you were the sage character. You were you were the, the font of knowledge, and they didn't really need your character as much as as because the, these guys talked their way in. Great. They talked their way into the town. They talked their way at the fire. So I don't know. But we had you there in case they needed knowledge. But I, I felt like you didn't get anything to do. But I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, that's that's what counts, dude. He let a little Next. kid fly. That's right. <laughs> that's. What little kid right. has not grown up and wished they could fly? Any any more on Saturday afternoon? Uh, Going once? Like yeah, come on. Yeah. Get some. Unless you got, so, is there, did you run something you want to talk about? Yeah, no, go, I'll, go. I'll let Katie talk about All right. Go. Come on. Come on. Folksy, right here. Bring it in. Hi. Here you go. Okay, so if I say amazing, make me leave because I've had too much to drink. All right, Dimitri. Um, right? Uh, no, okay, so I played uh, Blades in the Dark with Carl Rigney. How was it? It was an excellent game. <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't say it. Um, so it was, it was really good. Uh, I, I recently found Blades in the Dark. It is the writer and the guy who wrote Apocalypse World would call it Powered by the Apocalypse. It has a lot of that Powered by the Apocalypse feel, but with a little more to it. Um, it's got... Uh, some dials for fictional positioning and how good of an effect you're going to get out of the roles you do. It uses dice pools, which are kind of fun to build your pools and things. Uh, and the the number of dice that you roll are so low because it's, I mean, a, a huge roll is like four or five dice. So assisting someone gives them a die. And so you really have to work together. But the uh, the game is about daring scoundrels in a gang pulling jobs in a industrial era fantasy, post fantasy industrial punk setting right with 
ghosts and the dead walk and there's these giant leviathan ships that are these m- mechanical ships that go out into this inky black ocean and kill demons and use their blood to power lightning barriers it's fucking gonzo it's Whoa. it's crazy it is a spectacular but game it's it's really good it's very polished uh a little bit it's dishonored an, it, the video yes game. The, it, i have heard it called dishonored the the rpg but um our session uh something i want to highlight is the flashback system so Something that I hate about uh, heist games is planning for three fucking hours and then go walking in and having your plan go to shit immediately and then why did we bother? They can't hear you, but thank you. Um, <laughs> they, uh, so, so this game, we you, you, you do a minimum thank amount Kurt. of planning. A very, a very minimum amount. You choose the type of score you're going to do. And there's like five different scores and they have some some things that the some mechanics tied to that but you basically pick like are we going to kill somebody are we going to steal some shit are we going to smuggle some shit right you pick the type of plan then you do a setup role or a engagement role uh to see what how well did your planning go let's just put that shit off screen we don't care about it so we figure out like was this you get one die for luck. You get, is it a daring plan? Are you fucking crazy? Get a die. Good job. Uh, are you outnumbered? Take away a die. You guys are fucked. Like, so you just, you, you set up this one role, and that determines all of the planning that happened. And it determines where you begin the adventure. Do you start in a controlled situation where you're doing well? Do you start in a desperate situation where you're already screwed? Uh, and as soon as the, ses- the, the score begins you can jump into flashbacks to say things like, oh, well, of course we had uh, our stuff hidden on the roof. Uh, I'm going to spend two stress, which is a, a, a resource that you, can don't, that you have a finite amount of. Uh, and, and yeah, I just put it in a flashback that it's up there. Because why would I know that we needed it up there? But we're fucking professionals. We're not chumps. We're going to put the shit where it needs to be. So you spend your resources to, to do the planning in flashbacks like an Ocean's Eleven would do, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know all the shit up front. Leverage to something like that. Right, yeah. right. So we walk into the score, and, and this was something that we didn't, we didn't insert. The, Carl starts off by saying, all right, you're in... The, in front of this mob boss who does not like you because at the, when, during crew creation you determine a, a crew that doesn't like you. Uh, and he wants you to deliver this e- evil thing to the crew that does like you and fuck them over. <clears throat> and we're, we're sitting there thinking about it and I'm, I say, you know, in character, well, we need to confer. Let's, we're going to discuss this. And the guy's like, oh, I heard you guys were okay up for anything, but whatever. So we walk to the back of the room, and at that point, we decide, well, I think we're going to flashback to when we decided we were going to steal this thing that he's giving us for someone else. And the reason we're conferring is so he doesn't get suspicious that we took the job too quick. So now we flash back to this other scene where we're going to one of his rivals who wants to buy this thing from us. And we set that deal up and we come, we come back into the normal score. Okay, so now we're in the score and we think, okay, wait, but we were supposed to deliver it to the other guy. If we don't deliver it to that other guy, we're fucked. They're going to know that we screwed him. So we say, hold on. 
we flash back to the moment where we sent one of our guys to go talk to the other gang to say, hey, why don't you pretend that we brought this bomb into your building, killed half your crew, let everybody think you're weak, these guys come in to attack, and you fuck them over. Jump back to the normal scene. Now we've double-crossed this guy and boosted our allies in a fucking flashback. We would never have had it. How would we know that we could have done that? The puzzle pieces weren't on the board yet. So then we go ahead and do the score, which is to deliver some shit through the ghost field, which is all very cool, and, but doesn't really play out in this type of conversation. We end up double-crossing the guys, and we finish the score. We deliver it to the people we're going to sell it to, and then we finish, and we go, wait a second. If we don't go back and get our money, they're going to know we fucked them. So we have to go back so ballsy to walk up to the dude we just double-crossed and say, payment, please. So we got double payment on that job <laughs> and walked away scot fucking free all because of these flashback mechanics. It, 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 it's my favorite part about the, the system. It sounds a lot like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, guys, we got to remember to put the keys here because otherwise we won't be able to do it. But wait a second. If the keys are here, we already remembered. High fucking five. <laughs> Phone booths in the dark, yeah. PBTA. Go, go get Blades in the Dark. Right. It, it, I, I, I played a campaign of it for several months, and oh my god, it is just yeah. so much fun to play. Yeah. Um, the, the flashback mechanic, the, the, the theme Bye, of Tomes. the game. We love you. Bye, Bye Tomes. Bye. Um, the, the, the atmosphere of the game, it, it's, just, it's dark and gritty and... Um, and, and Spooky and just, just, just fucking amazing game. Oh. Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. Awesome. Anything else? We're getting on two hours. We, you normally we get go. Dave Kazay. Dave Kazay. Get in there, uh, Just FYI, that was seven minutes and ten seconds. Yeah, but it, it involved time travel. I know. Basically, it involved time travel, right? <laughs> it, it actually was a minute and thirty-five. It's fine. <laughs> He talked that whole time out, but then he went back oh. and told himself, be quiet. I ran a, a <laughs> 2 p.m. game of Bedlam Hall, and I have a couple of players here. I... What, what's Bedlam Hall? Bedlam. <laughs> Don't you even, you little Strategicon bastard. Strategicon 2045. <laughs> no, he's, I mean, actually, like Katie, uh, Katie, ha- Katie Potts, that's right, Kurt's lovely some. wife. You know, I'm going to let her to actually talk about it. She's probably now, much better. Now, if someone wants to is interested in buying Bedlam Hall, yeah, where would For God's sake, do! <laughs> Where would they go? Yeah, you, go to monkeyfunstudios.com. Oh, if you can't God. hear that through the distortion, it's monkeyfunstudios.com. Dot com. Hi. And Andrew Hi, who too. are you? And, you and actually, so did Chris. I together. am the wife Potts. I'm Katie Potts. Wife and I'm Potts. A, yes, wife Potts. And I'm a pyrotechnician. That's what makes me famous. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And you may hold the microphone. Oh, thank you. Oh, I feel so excited. Super yes. Cool. I got to play in two Bedlam Hall games this weekend. The one on Friday and the one just now. Um, and, uh, this, the game itself, I've been really excited for it to come out for a while. Been waiting for the Kickstarter to come out. Um, (laughs) um, but I was really excited to get to play it, um, both times. And, um, what I really enjoyed about Dave's game, um, is the way he kind of got us all involved in the world. Um, kind of doing this gossip session where he kind of dropped 
plot hints, but we didn't realize that's what he was talking about. Well, I mean, we did, but we didn't. Um, when he would like come over to one of us and say, hey, so this thing happened. Why did that happen? And then that character would talk about what was going on, and then they would add something to the story, and then he would go, oh, that's interesting, and turn to the next player and say, why did that happen? And they would add more to the story. And uh, that was just like the first half an hour of the game was him just kind of building this relationship between each other and the... the we call that hate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to make sure you hated one another before we started. Yes. And it worked. It did, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so I played um, Bedlam Hall, uh, so we're the, the house oh, staff. Kurt, too, actually, fact, right? Kurt, yeah, come over here, Kurt. Come the other Kurt. Not my Kurt, the other Kurt. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> uh, so, we yeah, so we do want you to talk, because every time you talk, it proves us right. So come on. Wow. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, we, we have our valet here, <laughs> and our butler, and our chauffeur, and I played the housekeeper. Pass uh, that one down. Yes. Oh. So we all we all played the house staff uh, for the uh, Blackwood family. Uh, the only I think the only house member we're missing is our maid. Well, she was murdered. Cook. Oh, and the cook. She was murdered. She couldn't make it. The the cook was the only one left in the house at the end. And couldn't make it. I think you were the first murder. Uh, well, I was the first one who died. Yeah, I was the first one who who died. I, I, I was the the chauffeur who got poisoned by the cook. And how did you find out you were dead? Um, so um, I, I was having a conversation with the cat. Uh, Dave uh, does an excellent cat impression. He does, he does an ama- a really cat. good cat. I, it cat. just it just it was he crawled around the table. Cat like and, and just started having he would just like nuzzle up against nuzzle people uncomfortable the scene. And lick his paws yeah he was cleaning himself seen Kiki's delivery service it was basically that cat yeah, yeah. I guess so I haven't seen it but uh, but it, it just all of a sudden this cat is staring at me and licking its paw and says it's uncomfortable isn't it what is being dead now the secret that my character had is he had buried the lady of the house's cat after running it over in the car and the cat's back but it's different now so now the cat is the cat exactly so the, the cat is talking to me and then points over at my body which is lying in the middle of my room in a pile of vomit which i'm assuming was mine I'm, I'm assuming it was my vomit. You can't, you can't, you can't exactly dust for vomit. It was the cook's poison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And so I now I was the first one, one of the house staff to die, and it was okay. Now what? <laughs> what was most interesting about that death, though, is that he kind of arbitrarily drank a glass of wine as he was running through a, wa- a room. To steady my nerves. And uh, that player had given a note to Dave earlier in the game that said that he had poisoned the wine. And it was just kind of a... His character was frazzled at the moment, and he ran through a room and was like, oh, wine, drank it. But the rest of us didn't know that that note had been passed. So when he died, we all, of course laughed because we understood what had happened caught but me completely by i did not realize why i had died until very near the end of the game <laughs> ladies yeah. and gents kurt was speechless <laughs> <laughs> Woo! sorry for peeing in the mics yeah so our game was very interesting um we had uh a seance going on and uh so a kurt fake had seance a fake seance uh which kurt had to avoid our fake uh 
until we found out that the medium couldn't actually see the dead. She could see us until we died. Until we died. Yes. There was a lot of uh, political intrigue trying to get. Uh, there was a power struggle between the ballot and the butler. Um, so the I was started the game on the roof with the crazy son of the family until I was pushed off the roof. No, by I the was ballot. trying to help. Oh yes. So so were you? I I was trying to pull you in the window, and then I fell down, and I, I thought with my cane. They're all going to pay. But if the butler's gone, the ballot is now the butler, right? Yeah, everybody gets promoted. And, right. Like a pirate ship? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> kind of. But you got me in the end. I've got everyone in the end. I made out scot-free. Now, now what, was the, what was the valet's secret? Oh, the, uh, the valet was a werewolf. No. N- well, no, he was a werewolf. Except what? he wasn't. He really wasn't. In, in his mind. He, he, he really wasn't. Like a no, he was a werewolf. He was, no, he was a werewolf. He, he was not a werewolf. That never changed. So a great mechanic of that. So the full moon came, and he wolfed out without fur or fangs. But he wolfed out, all right? A great mechanic of Bedlam Hall is that each character has a secret, and so we each had a secret that the rest of us didn't know, um, but we would kind of drop hints to our secret throughout the game, and so uh, the, our valet would talk a lot about the moon and, and things, alluding to the fact that he might be aware of something of some sort, and so when night came and the moon came out, he just kind of ran amok in the entry hall, and come on, come on, nothing come on, come actually come on. happened. So, to quote the Bedlam Hall rulebook... So he was aware of Yes. yes. <laughs> to, to, to quote the Bedlam Hall rulebook, the Master of Ceremonies is supposed to drop hints to secrets, and they're supposed to be very specific, and the person who has the secret knows exactly what you're talking about, and everyone else thinks, oh, huh, that's a mundane detail. And so the game started with Dave going around the table, gossiping. It's like, oh, the cook is sleeping with the valet. Oh, the valet is seducing the cook. Oh, the butler dropped her his uh, underwear. Hey, why were was there blood on that underwear? Oh, scandalous! And moved on. What no one else knew was that the butler was secretly a woman. So of course there was blood in the underwear. <laughs> that was all Dave, the author. But of course, we as a fam, as a as a, uh, uh, he must have killed someone. Household. Yes, we believed it was a murder, not you know that he's a woman. Um, it was the most note throwy game I've ever played in my life. Yes, because as soon as they pushed me off the roof, I'm like I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm getting back at them. They're all gonna die. I'm poisoning the food. I'm stealing. I'm framing them. And then everyone else started, and it's just like, note, 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 note. Um, and we actually had the conversation, you guys had the conversation on the podcast and on the forum about how you guys want to handle character secrets in the actual plays. In the game that I ran on Friday, all of our secrets were public. We said, I'm the, Dave was the cook, he was a cannibal, he was sleeping with someone else. We had, yeah, I'm sorry, vague gestures. <laughs> Uh, we had, you know, (laughs) and so people would play into other secrets ironically. And then when people went off to do secret things, we, we just like, Oh, he's off eating people. And we just, as characters out of sight, out of mind, where in this game, we didn't know what the intrigue was happening. So we did a lot of secret things to fuck over the other players. And it was a lot of fun. At the end of the game, oh, 
that's why you stole all the makeup and that dress. You're not just kind of a weirdo. You're actually a woman stealing all of the gold and silverware and then stealing the car. And putting my suspenders in the lady of the house's bed. You shouldn't have dropped them. Incriminating me. So my character's secret was that I heard voices and that they told me to do terrible things. And so about halfway through the game, uh, I passed Dave a note that said I started a fire in the house um, because the voices told me to. And then I went around and locked all the doors so everyone was locked inside the mansion. Oh, that's why you locked the doors. Yes. I didn't get that. Uh, I thought you were just locking all of the silver in the one room. No, yeah, I was locking you guys in. I thought you were being prudent. Yeah, that's exactly what the voices said. And so... I didn't wait for Dave to tell me what the voices said. I just passed Dave the notes that said, this is what the voices told me to do, um, which was burn everyone, burn them all now, um, being the pyro that I am. Uh, so, yeah, so I locked them all in the house, and then a fire started, and uh, insanity ensued from the fire that I created because the voices said I'm, to do I'm, it. I'm kind, of am- I'm, I'm kind of amazed because... I'm kind of amazed because I I was playing the only character who didn't want to kill anyone. He happened to accidentally run over the cat in the car and was trying to hide that fact from the mistress of the house. But other than that, he didn't want to kill anyone. He was in the wrong house. It's not about murder. It's about position in the house. Yeah, but I had my own place. I had my own, like, chateau by the garage. I mean, it was... Why would I need to move up at all <laughs> in the end all of us were dead except for t- uh, two of the household the, the, we all murdered each other the, the cook survived and then i left so one of the things i want to talk about in the game that was so amazing is during that gossip session a lot of elements were introduced um the cat was introduced and we got to name the cat which gave us a lot of ownership over those elements in the game um but then certain things were part of the plot and so part of the plot was that the the daughter of the house was murdered, not murdered, uh, died in died in a very unfortunate way, um, and in, in a house fire. I didn't I didn't set that one. Di- died in a tragic fire, um, and the, her ghost was haunting the halls. And so we called for a, a seance. I'm like, oh no, this isn't a seance. They're a scam. And then. The reason they're here is because we're splitting the profits. And Dave's like, yeah, of course that's what's going on. And so there were game elements, and then there were game elements with narrative flexibility that he just yes and, and that's what we're going for this time. Uh, and that was really, really impressive to watch. Also impressive him for, to watch him wolf out and be a cat and be a tall guy and climb on chairs and then go like duck down and he's the most physical gm i've ever seen absolutely so lokio i got a quick question for you since you've seen it on both sides of the fence of public secrets versus private secrets which ones were more impactful um it, it really depends on what you mean by impactful because we i had dave and i ran completely different games the the way the mechanics worked the parts of the game we chose to emphasize and the effect of the way we played were completely different. Um, of the two, I prefer the public knowledge because that one of my problems in the, the, the game we, I played is a lot of the stuff I was doing was secret and that robs the other players of enjoying what I'm doing right there alongside me. I... 
I snuck into a room. I planted evidence. I stole makeup. I beat an old man with a cane to frame uh, with her cane and then left a note blaming him. Um, so I did all of these things. Oh, yeah, that, that was the note, by the way. Listen, uh, but that what made it so awesome because I had no idea you were doing that shit. And I'm like, oh, you got me. I think you have to trust the table. Uh, yeah, and it, it really comes down to the preference because I like knowing that stuff and I like dramatic irony. I like knowing that Dave is a cannibal and being like, have you seen little Jimmy? Oh, the cook can look after little Jimmy. I'll be back in an hour. And Dave like, yes, yes. I hunger. <laughs> but, but when it comes to either a long-form game or a game where you want to have increased drama, having the secrets was Because I had no idea. I knew I couldn't trust any of you, but I didn't know why. I, I actually played in both games. I played in your game and Dave's game, and so I had the advantage of getting to see the face-up or the face-down secrets. Um, and I definitely think it changed the tone of the game based on whether or not you knew the secrets. I think in your game, we all kind of sort of worked together more because we, even though we didn't know each other's secrets, we knew each other's secrets, and so we were less likely to try to kill each other. We were just trying to kill the family. Uh, yeah, we were actually, not, you guys were not murdery in that first game. Right. We killed their visitors, but we didn't kill the family or each other, um, and I think that's because we weren't as suspicious of each other, um, but in Dave's game, because we didn't know each other's secrets, we didn't know if we could trust each other and whether or not you and I were against each other, and so I didn't care if I killed you, because... Well, well, you might be out to get me. The, the other thing is, we, telling me to kill you, so. we were murdery because you guys fucking threw me off a roof in the first five minutes of the game. I tried to save you, but but I definitely <laughs> I I got to see the advantage of the face down versus face up uh, uh, secrets, and I think that it just changes the tone of the game. There isn't really a which way is better. It's just whether or not you want your players to work together or work against each other. And Dave and I run very different tones in games. I, I started true. the the game saying. Here's what we're going to include. Here's what we're not going to include. And by the way, I run a very slapstick game. I like, I like dark. I like dramatic. I also like pies in the face. If, if there's going to be a ghost, he's going to chase you through the hall. You're going to trip and probably fall down the stairs. And I'm going to laugh because that's what I enjoy. And Dave is very funny. He had, had a lot of very humorous elements. But th- our game of Bedlam Hall was very bombastic. It was very larger than life, and it was very, very... When people started stabbing each other, everyone died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and before, you know, i, I got to talk about it two different ways about both being the game designer uh, that we're talking about, but also the guy who ran it today. So just to get it out of the way, the game design actually says that you can do it either way, So, and both of them are valid. Um. One of the things I enjoyed about this game that we ran today, and, and again, your, your mileage may vary, preface all that, having said that. So one of the things I like about doing it with fa- the, the secrets face down is that I kind of prefer it that way because I like the misdirections that will happen and the misunderstandings and miscommunications that will happen because people will make assumptions that are totally off based, and actually, before you know, one of my favorite moments of today's game, and, and I, I've really tried to pull back a little bit because I didn't want to talk too much about my own game, but my favorite moment had nothing to do with the game itself. It was watching 
Kurt fig- try to figure out how he had died. And so he was sitting there, and, and, and you could see it in his face that he was just standing there for a moment because he knew he had died and because the cat told him, you know, as, <laughs> as that happens. And, and he's sitting there following his steps of trying to figure out why and how the circumstance happened. And at first he thought it was the maid. He thought it was uh, Claire, you know, and then he didn't know for sure. And when he had the moment of the self-realization that it was the wine I drank and he didn't say anything. And there was no big, like, like a telegraph of the moment or, or signpost. But when he finally put it together, you could see it wash across Kurt's face of, of the understanding and the total, uh, uh, you know, realizing that he was the basic, you know, he that hoisted his own petard, I believe is the term, and that he had basically caused his own death. And now it, it was a moment I wouldn't have wanted to rob from, from Kurt because it was totally based off of what he d- investigated and what the other players had said. And as a GM, that was very satisfying to me because I realized the circumstances had developed on their own and because, you know, Kurt had to have a glass of wine and it, that was not intended for him. And watching him retrace the steps of where he got to it, that was very satisfying. That was totally player agency. And that's what, one of the things I really liked about today's game. Oh, that was that was my favorite part about the, the game as well. And it was... And I think the the face down aspect of the secrets even lent to that even more, because as I had that realization, I was putting step by step together, and I still got it wrong, because I put I was like, okay, so the maid poured the wine, but she got the wine from the valet who brought it up from the cellar. Who gave her the bottle? So the valet poisoned me. Right, and the cook got off, and the cook got off scot free. It really did become the game or a DOA where he had to figure out who murdered him, and he had a very short time period of doing it. And and again, you know, Andrew here, Lokio here, he was infamous in the fact he's the one who handed me the card that said this has no meaning except to make everybody else nervous. <laughs> And he sold and the shit out of it. He he stood up, he paced, he he reread it, and then he put it in his pocket. I'm like, thank you so much. Okay. And every so often I would go, Andrew, five. That was the worst part. You were counting down, and I was like, what is he counting down? He was You said four, and I was like, oh my god, there's only three more. He was counting down to nothing. What? And then he just stopped counting. Like just at three, and there wasn't another countdown. I went, what the hell is going on? That's awesome. Scare the hell out of me. I mean, I've used that that as a GM, not as a player. I the genius to use it as a player. I've used it as a GM when I'm handing out notes to various players. I've hand you know hand one player a note that says this note says nothing. Just look at it thoughtfully, and it just to it, okay, well, whatever. But to have a player hand that to the GM, that's genius, sir. That is inspired genius. Well done, sir. <laughs> All right. Excellent. I'll, yeah, I'll start collecting. You got that one? That one goes up there? All right. I think we're going to call it. It's past, It's like almost 1020, so we're going to call it. All right. Any, any other last comments? No? Nope. no? It's been a great Real, con. Five at the Hall. Five at the Hall. Yes. Real quick. 
Yeah. Actually, I do have one comment. I was thinking about this, and so, um, I, I, hey, it's Davian. Uh, so yeah, we have Bedlam Hall coming out from Monkey Fun Studios and all that. And again, uh, this is a, another game that we had, of course, at Spirit of Seventy Seven. But what I'd like to do to everybody here and to anybody listening is, I'd like to give you a challenge, real quick. So we're not going to be doing a con. Uh, podcast f- until february right right and so that's that's what uh five Six. months five months sure Is that about right okay so i challenge everybody here i'd like you all to even if it's just an alpha test very very bare bones come up with your own thing and bring it to the next uh, strategic con and, and and share it with this group because as I've said, I've said it to uh, Jim and I've said it to Stu and, and what have you. Is that one of the things about strategic con is that it is the most accepting for new games, uh, new game developers, and everybody here is rooting for you except for Rob because he's a little short bastard. He hates dick. everyone. He's a dick. But why I ought to... The point being is that I challenge you guys to do it because even if you don't think you've got a game in you, if you don't know what whether or not um, it's a full idea, bring it anyway. That kind of thing has made, uh, allowed us to bring Bradham Hall. It allowed Chris to come up with, you know, Happy Apocalypse on Earth. And, and yet the point is you got, you know, you all are very creative people. See what you got and bring something to the table. And I'd love to see what you guys have. Awesome. Excellent. That's a great challenge. I love it. Yeah. Um, real quick, I just wanted to say things that oftentimes here at Strategicon, we do our show on Saturday night, and we talk about all the games we've played up till now. But I want to take a second and talk about some games that are coming tomorrow yeah. and Monday. Um, I know tomorrow morning I'm excited to play The Happiest Apocalypse on Earth by Chris, who was up here talking a minute ago. Um because, yeah. <laughs> Theme parks and disasters are amazing. Uh, um, that's great. Uh, in the afternoon tomorrow, our very wonderful and lauded asshole over here uh, has a game uh, that he calls that he calls Gruel Truck. Oh, that. I'm sorry. Uh, and there's going to be a mess of people playing against each other. Uh, to try and be the best awesome. food truck in a fantasy universe <laughs> that we can be. Do they have hats? There are some hats. I'll just put it out there. Yeah, yeah, there's hats. And that makes me happy because I didn't get enough wearing a shitty hat today. <laughs> uh, and, and then Monday morning, as always, the very first thing that I try and pre-register for, if I remember pre-reg day, is Mook running his Monday morning game because it is like the cherry on top of my con Sunday. <laughs> Every time, I'm just so happy to be there, and it's so such. A, yeah, his game is going to be on Monday morning. Yeah, right? Sunday. Sunday. Sit on Monday. Yeah, a Sunday. Yeah, Our cherry on top of my. Shut your face! Punch him in the face! Now I'm angry. <laughs> I would also like to say one more thing about. Uh, about Mook because he's a very I, I say this all the time and I want to say it again so I don't play GURPS because my parents aren't related and oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> send those cards and letters damn 
No, no, no. I'm kidding, for God's sakes. Jeez Louise. I've been so nice about Powered by the Apocalypse game. I have been so much. My tongue no, is no, bit no, through for no. how many times I bit my fucking tongue. But go ahead. Now you've no. sent him off. All right. Stu has gone plaid. <laughs> All right. No. I'm <laughs> All kidding aside. So one of the things, even though that, like I said, uh, GURPS is not my, my cup of tea, but I swear to God, I do own and have read several times uh, Mook Wilson's uh, How to Be a GURPS GM. And even if you don't play GURPS, you should read it, in my opinion, because it makes you a better GM all across the board because yeah. Mook is a good writer. Oh. And I know that MOOC is actually not – it's no longer just electronic format. It's also in a physical copy, and I yeah. believe, as well. Yay. So if you do like GURPS, if you don't like GURPS, if you have no idea what GURPS stands for, purchase the book as well as your copy of Bedlam Hall. But, but also <laughs> purchase his because – it actually talks about concepts that I think that people should uh, embrace more about how to be better at the craft because I think that's important. So I just want to say that I give a shout out for Mook because I always think it's a good book and I want to. All right, we're done now. We're I think. Done? All right. When Thank it you. comes down to it, we all want people to play games. Yes, we do. I don't give a shit if you're going to run a game, you're going to play in a game. Just show up and have fun because that's what we're all here for. All right. Thank you for joining us for Season 20, Episode 4. Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Jim. I'm the other Dave. <laughs> I'm Cody. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rob. <laughs> and I'm Kimmy. And this is our live studio audience. <laughs> Thank you very much. I don't know if we're going to leave with a song or not because I don't know if I brought them. One last thing, everybody. Hit right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. We're listeners of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. We play all our game news from douchebags galore. With reckless abandon, we pursue this our hobby. From Michigan to Australia and maybe East Timor. Be it riffs or exalted. Gerbs or Dungeons and Dragons Hero, Pathfinder, Fate or Savage Worlds or Power of the Apocalypse Two evil plots will be usurping Though there will do with less burping Happy Jack's podcast will be douchebags all. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. <laughs> <laughs>